0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions and updates across the world of wrestling. Many 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 pishy!
1: You are listening to the flagship podcast with your host,
0: Joe Lanza.
1: Hey,
0: star-making performance the I show did... She's not the wrong. Doing point, the show's doing point one ones. <laughs> Nobody watches the show. Less people watch the show now than we're watching it before her star making performance.
1: And Rich Preach. Like you're indifferent yeah. on apples. That's what a, what, a, what a great fruit that you're just letting go by the wayside.
0: What is your fascination with apples? They're fantastic. It's the fall. It's the apple season,
1: man. and we are live on the flagship podcast i am rich and on the mend from his turgid larynx i think is what you call it it's joe joe how's it going
0: i never called it a turgid larynx
1: <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the official that's what, not what the doctor said hello no. joe i'm sorry please sit down uh you have a turgid larynx yeah i had to uh, i had to go to the uh the nurse uh for that one uh i said hey uh, joe's got a vocal cord inflammation but uh we want to I want to do a gimmick where, similar to how World Wrestling Entertainment would handle this and come up with the most ridiculous uh, way to to say that he had, you know, vocal cord inflammation or whatever. And, and uh, she went to doctors, she went to fellow nurses, and, and they came up with turgid larynx or turgid larynx. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. but
0: You, you, you don't even know how to pronounce the thing you're trying to carry
1: <laughs> Oh, <with>. God, no. <laughs> okay. Turgid, turgid, I don't know. Who cares? No one's ever that used term. that word. No one's ever used that term ever, so...
0: That term was never used with me. Um, not saying it's not possible, since they don't really know what the hell's wrong with me. But uh, I, I don't believe it's that. I, I, I listen. I still have a supple neck. Let's not make any mistakes about that. The neck is still very supple. That's a that's a flagship callback in, on its own. Um, I did not have the flu. I know everybody's having a lot of fun with that, and they think that I did, in fact have the flu, and then I'm turning the fact that I had the flu into a bit that I didn't have the flu, but I really didn't have the flu. If you want to add gasoline to that conspiracy theory, Rich, you are aware that my wife did in fact have the flu two weeks ago, which will do nothing but add more speculation that I did in fact have the flu, because obviously um, you know, I, I Presumably, would have caught the flu from her, Um, but I did. I thought I had the flu, but I did not have the flu. Um, I did not have a strep throat. In fact, I was not ill at all. So, um, uh, seems to have been just a uh, swollen vocal cords, is what I was told.
1: Too many takes. The doctor said, "I'm sorry, Joe. You have too many takes. You You need you to have less takes if you can." Basically,
0: said that they told me not to. (laughs) To do strenuous talking for a week, right. which meant no podcasting.
1: Joe, there's a they lot told- of dopes in the wrestling media, but you have to let them go for a week. You, you must let the dopes run wild for a week, and boy, did they run wild, Joe! They ran very wild for this last week while you were away. So
0: yeah, and it's frustrating because, um, you know i i i don't I don't know what's going on, and I got to go back to the doctor, and they're gonna check me again, but. Um, I did what they told me and didn't talk for a week and didn't do any strenuous talking for a week. And that was up yesterday. And um, yeah, I still have this chronic cough that that won't go away for months. I think that might have – they think that could have something to to do with everything. But I cannot not do the audio. I I didn't do audio for seven days. And it makes me – Uh, very anxious, it makes me very frustrated, it makes me uh, very angry and impatient because I feel like my takes are not going out into the world, and I feel like the world needs my takes Uh, they need the most compelling voice in wrestling media and I see a lot of horrible, stupid terrible takes, and I can't counter them when I am shut down and muted by these dopey doctors and it's very frustrating so they tell me "I can do this again, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna keep doing it till these uh vocal cords fall out of my neck, or they tell me I can't do it anymore, but i'm gonna keep coming back and i'm gonna keep doing it. I can't stop
1: no you, you you've said you're doing, doing this thing until you literally can't talk anymore. you're doing this thing just as, more 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 than anything despite people as well, despite the haters um even if there's only three people listening and all three of them are haters uh in the end you're you're still doing this audio so uh
0: I will I will do this audio until I am dead <laughs> or until I literally cannot speak anymore, and I and it'll be hard for me to live. I, I I'm serious. I have to do the audio. It means that much to me. You know, I'm not doing a bit. I I need to do the audio. The week killed me. It killed me. You know, and it was different than like taking a vacation or. You know, taking a week off from March Madness or, you know, going to wherever the fuck. Because I, then I know I'm coming back. I didn't know what the hell was going on with my fucking neck last week. You know, I, I but I need to do I need this. Yeah, It's part of me. I have to have the, my I, – I have to say – give my takes – People got to hear me. So (laughs)
1: yeah, we're, we're, we're back. We're back full powered. I want to thank uh, Joe Gagne uh, and Scott Edwards for filling in uh, last week. I I thought it was really, really fun a different show, different flagship than what we usually do. But I think a lot of fun uh, with both Joe and Scott, including doing a a very, very lengthy uh, Joshi segment uh, with Scott as well. And I heard a lot of people enjoyed that and, and really enjoyed Scott's, uh, uh, appearance and and he's been bumped up in the uh, in the world as well. I know a few other people calling his name. Uh, so hey, you get on this flagship, and he knew it too. He plugged it later and said, "Hey, I'm gonna plug. i get my all my plugs out of the way because I'm on a big time show." And I was like, "You're damn right, you're on a big time show, Scott." So yeah, I want to appreciate him for doing that. But uh, yeah, for uh, some uh, some some legacy uh, folks giving him a call to do some stuff that we'll uh, we'll maybe see later in the year. So he's uh, he's getting big time now all of a sudden. So there you go. Good for him.
0: You can't let me yell and scream.
1: I mean, Damn. I never do. You just kind of do it on but I will try. I will, I will, I will try. Uh, the problem is a lot of these topics are not great. Like, these are, I'm looking at the run sheet here, and you got the Fiend slash Bray Wyatt returning. Uh, you got Ariel showing his ass. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff here that, uh, that uh, might, uh, might get your, uh, might get you in a tizzy, but yeah, you got you gotta have you gotta have power and and, and and control over over this. So hopefully, hopefully you can stick with it. So,
0: all right, listen, I can't. It just takes over.
1: You can't change but- you. I guess you should have told the doctors that. Like it's it's you know they always say that too with like athletes. Like if if you if you clear them to be healthy enough to play, they're gonna play. Their, they're gonna do their normal thing. Like you yeah. gotta make sure they're hundred percent healthy because they're gonna go out there and give it hundred and ten percent or whatever. And that's that's what you're gonna do. I mean, you could you could say I don't let me yell, but come on.
0: It's it's like the football with these concussions. They gotta take the helmet away.
1: They yeah, just hide it, <laughs> put it in a different room, put they holes do. in the They it. take yeah. the helmet. They yeah. they
0: take the helmet away. And they don't give the helmet back until they get cleared. You know, you gotta take my microphone out of my cold, dead hands. Isn't that what charleston heston said uh, about yes, his fucking yeah. shotgun or something <laughs>
1: yeah with some sort yeah? of some sort <laughs> some of some large kind of some sort of large gun yeah with i some if it was a eating. rifle or a shotgun or something that yeah. he, does, he probably doesn't actually need but
0: you know yeah, now he's dead so i you know <laughs> so if he's so smart what you know hopefully yeah. we took it from him um yeah so same deal
1: when did charlton heston die i feel like
0: i'll be like 99 or it wasn't that it was
1: he was pretty old though right he was very old if he I'm was right in correctly. bowling
0: for columbine which was like what 96 yeah or something. so
1: he died in 2008 uh 84 oh. years old
0: for, kicked uh, around longer than i thought
1: charlton heston oh f- fuck! that's a working name did you know charlton heston's a
0: working name listen it's old hollywood old,
1: old hollywood man john charles carter is his real name yeah that's not gonna play some movie, know, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, John Carter. I don't know if that's gonna work, pal. <laughs> like,
0: you know. Yeah, I'm surprised. Normally, they're like super ethnic names that they change to something. something. Right?
1: Yeah, like if it's like, yeah, you know, it's just some like Jewish name, and they're like, that's yeah, it's not gonna work, buddy. <laughs>
0: like not in this, not
1: in this industry. So they like change them to to something short. Yeah, like John Charles Carter is a pretty. That's what they
0: change it to.
1: You're right. That's not a bad name. That's not b- I w- I would have stuck with that one. Yeah, because it's not. It's not like ethnic. It's not Italian or Jewish. Not because they wanted to make sure that you stayed kind of neutral. You know what I mean? Like not y- kind y-
0: Eastern European <laughs> name. No one can pronounce. <laughs> right. Right. You know, right. With like a lot of K's and W's in it. Yeah, like John that, that's what they
1: Charles change. Carter is pretty okay. Like that's kind of fine, but. Eh.
0: Maybe, but Charlton Heston's better,
1: though. Let's be honest. I mean,
0: it's much better. It's see, John Carter is very generic and unmemorable, whereas Charlton Heston. I mean, you're not going to forget it. Oh no, never.
1: How could we We still still not still remembering it today? Yeah.
0: So, but yeah, that's old Hollywood. They all changed their names, you know. Pretty much, you know. You look up any of them. Yeah, they
1: almost all did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let me check out Errol Flynn. Let me see if Errol Flynn. <laughs> Errol Flynn. All right. Because that's kind of an oddball name. That right? is a so
1: weird one. Yeah, that name. is a weird one.
0: No, Errol Leslie Thompson Flynn. Wow. So good okay. For Errol Flynn.
1: Yeah. Errol. There's not, a, there's not of Errols in the world these days. You know what I mean?
0: All right. What do you think, uh, Gary Cooper? What do you think?
1: Gary Cooper. Is that the the, the that that okay? Gary Cooper.
0: Pride of the Yankees.
1: Yeah, Gary Cooper. I, that sounds like a shoot name. Gary Cooper sounds like a
0: shoot name. Sounds like a shoot name? Gary Cooper, born Frank James Cooper. What's wrong with Frank? <laughs> I don't know. I guess he...
1: What Gary? There's, there's, a, there's a, a prestige to Gary? I guess, Okay, well, whatever. Pride of the Yankees. How many yeah, people listening to this the... have ever watched Pride of the Yankees? <laughs> From what? the early 40s. I mean, I've seen All it. All
0: right. I've Maybe Sergeant <laughs> Maybe Sergeant York, go with that. High <laughs> Noon, what do you want to go with
1: there? Yeah. There's not really many Gary Cooper movies to go with. So, uh,
0: yeah. I don't know. Open I just a like book. how
1: you went right to The Pride of the Yankees right away, which would be a bunch of people saying, I don't know what that movie is. Like, well, go watch it. It's good. So,
0: yeah, well, you know, turn on a fucking app or open a book. When you want
1: to open a uh they, they show that shit on uh, MLB Network in the offseason all the time. <laughs> so, well, there you go. There was one time we were at a, uh, a bar watching. Uh, and they had the uh, the Freddie Prince Jr. flick, uh, a Summer Catch. Have you ever seen Summer Catch? Yeah, it's awful. It's not, it's not good. So I wonder if it wasn't supposed to play, or like an executive was like, "No, no, no, get the shit off here," because they played. Like 25 minutes of Summer Catch, and then at the top of the hour, it just switched to Pride of the Yankees. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I I wonder who made the call or because, and I will say, like, Summer Catch gets a little racy. They're, you know, they're making out. There's some bikini, there's some cleavage. So I don't know if it was that reason or like an executive was like, no, I want to watch Pride of the Yankees, turn it on. And this was like at, you know, 3 p.m. on a Saturday or whatever in the offseason. So they had. I mean, no one's watching MLB Network. It's only on because this bar has it on as their ninth TV or whatever. You know what I mean? But I just love Summer Catch, 25 minutes. Now, nah, fuck that. Let's go to the Pride of the Yankees instead. So.
0: Yeah. You know, why did they even show Summer Catch? That's just an awful movie. It's it,
1: tangentially a baseball movie, too.
0: Let's try Cary Grant. What's your guess, Rich? Oh, Cary there's Grant. no
1: way Cary Grant is a shoot name. No, that, that's that's a working name for
0: sure. All right. Born 1904.
1: No way. It's too good, too... Um, it's too
0: dignified. Yeah, right?
1: like, it's way too dignified. There's It's no... very
0: golden age Hollywood. Yeah, Cary Grant.
1: Grant. Yeah. Know, right? No way, no way.
0: All right, here we go. Cary Grant, born Archibald Alec Leach.
1: Oh, you got to change that one. Yeah, that, you can't go... Yeah, Archibald Leach. Is... <laughs>
0: yeah, that's not no. going
1: to work. That's not going to Archibald
0: Leach. That is not a leading man's name. <laughs> that is Archibald not. Cary Leech.
1: Grant is. Cary now,
0: Carrie Grant, okay? A woman wants to fuck a Carrie Grant. Yeah, no one's fucking you know Archibald I mean? Leach. Yeah. No one wants to fuck Archibald Leach. You know, no one wants to go back to their girlfriends and be like, oh, I'm dating a new man while twirling her hair and be like, oh, what's his name? Archibald <laughs> Leach. <laughs> Archibald
1: Alec Leach is his name.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's. That's not leading man material. No, got but, it. But uh Yeah, Cary Grant though, that's the stuff. He came
1: up <laughs> yeah, with a good one. That's the business. That's the business there, right? Uh yeah, yeah, it's all it's all. Everything's wrestling, man. It all comes back to wrestling. Working names, shoot names, classic Hollywood, all of it comes back.
0: This aww. is a fantastic game. We got to do one more. Let okay, me think all right, of yeah. a <clears throat> Let me think of a good one. Um
1: this is good. This Th- is your now- age of the, Hollywood golden age. Is your for some reason your wheelhouse? I don't exactly know why, but it absolutely is. So
0: you got to know your history. Listen, I'm not going to give you like Rock Hudson. That's obviously. Oh a yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um, okay. Here's an interesting very one.
1: Very famous. Rock Hudson, very famous actor too, because uh, really did a lot. Uh, I. He's Rock Hudson's clearly not a name, right? Like we all we all know that, but uh, yeah, he he ended up having a really uh, kind of important. Later, because he he died of did he did he die of AIDS? He died of AIDS, right?
0: He died of AIDS, and he was like one of the first super high profile people to die of AIDS during the AIDS crisis, right? And
1: if you, it's actually funny if you go and and read, I, I not I guess maybe not funny, but uh, interesting to go read uh, uh, articles at the time and newspaper accounts at the time because they're like they're like, oh, he died of AIDS, but we thought that was only gay people that got aids or what cuz they they didn't know any you know what i mean they didn't know anything right. about it at the time and then like little by little people were like um they're like, But they well, Rock Hudson, it. there's <laughs> no way. I mean, how did he get it? And they're like, uh yeah. uh. together. Yeah, yeah. maybe
0: Rock, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> like, well no, look so, at his his quaff hair. There's no way. And it was it's so He was a
0: he was a rugged ladies man. Right.
1: It was so interesting to watch these newspapers have to dance around just saying right. yes, this guy that we all thought was super, super, you know this giant hunk, you know, rugged
0: ladies, man. Right, right. Right. So
1: it's actually, and it was an important thing that everybody just woke up and was like, Oh, wait a minute. Like, we don't really know what, you know, we thought it, you could only be this type or that type. Or it's like, Oh wow. Shit. We thought that guy was like the biggest hunk in the world. And oh, okay, cool. Well, you know, and, and so he played an important role in the later half of his career, but yeah, I, don't even have to do rock Hudson. I know it's, his name is not rock Hudson. I, I know for a fact he wasn't born rock Hudson. So
0: I give you a tricky one. Humphrey Bogart.
1: Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart. I think... I want to say his first name is probably a, a, a shoot, but I feel like the last name can't be a shoot.
0: My man was born on Christmas 1899, first of all. 1899? <laughs> he's running around with Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> yeah,
1: man, like, yeah he's, it was like a period piece when he yeah.
0: He, he 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 definitely wore one of those long gowns to bed at some point. All <laughs> uh, right.
1: Blew out the candle next to his the lantern next <laughs> right. to his bed.
0: Right. Ah uh, seven forty eight. Dark <laughs> out. Time to pack it in. Uh, hit the hey, hit the hay. Little buttermilk, blow out the candles. Um Humphrey Bogart, born Christmas eighteen ninety nine. Humphrey DeForest Bogart.
1: Oh wow. Human. Okay. Shoot name. Ooh, so Humphrey DeForest would have been a fun name too. They should have they could have went with that one.
0: You know, Humphrey Bogart, you know, I, I would have kept that too. You know, it's easy to say in hindsight because these are like, you know, legendary actors, right? But uh, that's a, that again, that's a memorable name, and it's not hard to pronounce or anything like that. So uh, I think you made the right choice. Yeah, Rock Hudson just for posterity Rich. Born Roy Harold Shearer Jr. Oh
1: yeah, Roy Shearer Jr. isn't gonna isn't gonna do it.
0: So Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, let's do Clark Gable. <laughs> now that is a leading man's name.
1: Classic catch in the uh, no dope chat room brings up the show is tailored to the NXT two key demo. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. they're, they're playing this game at home going, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> little Clark Gable, we got of course gone with the wind. Mutiny on the Bounty? Clark Gable. Um,
1: I feel like that's what else? too... Can, oh, Clark Gable. Oh man. Um
0: Can you give me another Clark Gable movie? Those are the only two I can think of. Another Clark. So would you what'd um, you say
1: already? You did.
0: Gone with the Wind and Mutiny on the Bounty. Uh
1: well. <laughs> wasn't he in uh you did Gone with the Wind? Uh he was in I uh, did uh shit. Uh,
0: anyway, let's see if they this
1: started is Started in Naples, right? Wasn't he with the, with uh
0: 1901.
1: 1901.
0: Okay, San Francisco. I've danger. seen
1: San Francisco. He's in that movie, right?
0: That I don't know. I, I don't pencil know. Pencil
1: mustache. Uh, yeah.
0: Clark Gable. This man is an actor. Very dignified.
1: Yes, Clark Gable. Um, I I could see him coming with that name.
0: That's a, that, that's a,
1: enough of a period name. I I think he could have had that one.
0: That's a leading man. Let me tell you, yeah. Clark. Oh Gable. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, they don't. Uh, you know this. You know this isn't Miles Teller. Okay. They, yeah, they don't Clark, make him
1: like Clark Gable anymore. Let me tell you this is that. Clark
0: yeah. Gable. Okay. None of this Michael B. Jordan stuff. Okay. Clark Gable. Um. Okay. Born 1901. Often referred to as the King of Hollywood, and deservedly so. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. Born William Clark Gable. How about that?
1: Oh, they went with the middle. Yeah. And Shoot perfect. They. And a perfect choice. A per. 'Cause Bill Gable, William Gable, eh, eh, it's fine. Clark Gable. I mean that it just it yeah, it you, you hear it and it it, it ding it, it goes off. You're, you're like, that's it. That's if it. If you're
0: born Clark Gable, you are destined to be the king of Hollywood mm-hmm. and look like this man. Yeah. Like he <laughs> looks like Clark Gable. The little mustache. You know he's uh, the look.
1: He always had that little smirk on his face too. Kind of like, Oh,
0: uh, you know he's uppity. You're like he's fuck so this uppity. guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just fuck this dude. You know, um, and he's an actor. He's a thespian. <laughs> I <laughs> yes. guarantee Oh, oh yes, yes. Referred to himself as the thespian. There's no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, I got really annoyed uh, if you like talked to him while he was reading a script or whatever. You know.
0: Yeah. Rip it! Like, I know. I said last one a thousand times. Let's do. <laughs>
1: So much going on in wrestling.
0: Gregory Peck. Gregory, Last one for real.
1: Gregory Peck. Okay, it's a Gregory, rich.
0: What say you, Gregory Peck?
1: Gregory Peck. I am gonna to say, kill a mockingbird.
0: Uh, Cape Fear.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I know. I think I know him more than any. Um. I mean, because he stay, He stayed late into the. I just watched The Omen like a couple days ago, and I think he's in that movie, right? A little old uh, at that time, but I, I'm pretty. Because then he had like a yeah. second run. Into like the seventies, I want to say.
0: I had a little Terry Funk run. Yeah, Terry oh Funk yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 like a little yeah. second
1: run there. I, he was definitely in uh, the Omen. I don't know what else he was in uh, during that time period, but I imagine if you had the ability to to book Gary uh, Gregory Peck for your, uh, you, you try to get him in there. Um, or nineteen sixteen. Nineteen sixteen. I'd say Gregory Peck sounds like a name that you could, that they could. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say it's a legit name. Legit.
0: The American Film Institute named him the twelfth greatest male star. No. Oh. Of all time, hard to argue. Born Eldred Gregory Peck, oh, April 5th, okay, all right. So
1: another middle name, another good middle another name.
0: Another middle there. name. Another middle name. Now I want to know these twelve greatest uh, stars of all time. <laughs> Who'd they go with here? Um, here's the oh, they, they got a top twenty-five. Oh, these are just the golden era. But okay. really, what other era is there? I mean, you know, like I said. You know, Miles Teller won't be cracking these lists. Let's be
1: honest. The '90s. You're not going to list uh, the Adam Sandler, and Jim Carrey. Yeah, get out of here. Anyway, all yeah, right. Yeah. Who do you got? Who do you got here?
0: Uh, they went Bogart number one. Okay. Cary Grant. James. Are Stewart. these
1: just male, or or male and female? There's
0: here. a there's a women's list too.
1: Oh, pff, canceled.
0: <laughs> Othering the <women>.
1: AFI. <laughs>
0: Why can't I compare Greta Garbo to Marlon Brando? Yeah, right?
1: unbelievable. Unbelievable.
0: All right. You know, they worked intergender back then. Uh so Brando, you're just gonna give me the mail, the, the mails then. All right.
1: So we got Humphrey Bogart was your number one.
0: Not mine, American Philistine. Oh, A-
1: the AFI, AFIs, yes.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, Bogart Grant, James Stewart. Marlon Brando, Fred Astaire is your top five. I don't know about Fred Astaire. Oh, you can take your yeah. I was gonna
1: say I, I I'm moving I'm moving Fred I'm getting Clark Gable in there. Fred Astaire can can do take his take tap dance his ass out of here. I, yeah, I'm
0: he not. can dance on off <laughs> offset. I'm not you know that's a that's a niche.
1: No, that's I, I feel uh, like you got to get like John Wayne's got to be involved in there, right? I mean, just on the pure being in 19,000 movies. Uh, I don't maybe know. they weren't all it, good, but you know I don't. I feel like you got to get him in there.
0: This, let me see what years this covers, because this is the golden age of. Uh, I don't know. Nobody has time for this. Nobody the rest of is.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, Fred Astaire. Tap dance your ass out of here. Uh, I got no
0: time. Well, i for you. Tell me, like I think you know Henry Fonda. He got to be ahead of Fred Astaire, right? Now, Fred Astaire, big star. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, 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 for
1: sure. We're talking to all time though. We're talking, you know, top top of all time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Henry Fonda. I, I, I like Cart Gable more. Um, Here's
0: Clark Gable at seven.
1: Yeah. I think he's gotta he's gotta be there. I think Peck, I I, I'd say Peck for sure has gotta be there. Little low. A little low. Like I said, John Wayne, I think is thirteenth. Thirteenth.
0: Hey, jumping ahead, bud. Oh, sorry. Uh, James Cagney, Spencer Tracy. (laughs) Charlie Chaplin at number ten. Oh,
1: okay. Interesting.
0: Give it a little respect to the comedy here. Yeah. Right? Guess it wasn't all comedy, but then Gary Cooper. Gregory Peck, John Wayne at thirteen, like you said. Yeah. Uh Lawrence Olivier at number
1: fourteen. Uh, see, it's a wrestling reference. Now it's a wrestling show again.
0: Nah, that's right. Gene Kelly, another song and dance man. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I got no tired for the song and
1: dance, <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't like Dude, t- these days I hate what was that what was that most recent? There's like a recent uh fucking something LA or you know what I'm talking about? There was some movie and the nurse wanted oh, to watch uh, it and it started and then they were like, Oh no, no, I'm like, I'm like, I'm done, I'm done. I can't do this. What you know what I'm talking about? It was some something to, it took place in Los Angeles. Some goddamn musical. I forget what it was, but I was like, nah, I'm I'm not doing this. Get out of here.
0: You're talking about uh
1: La La Land. Ryan Go- La La Land, Ryan Gosling? yes.
0: Yeah and
1: uh It was like Emma St- Emma Stone and right and I'm like, Oh that sounds alright, yeah, I'll watch it and then it's and then they're like dancing and I'm like no 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 I was I'm down for right. I'm down for a romantic comedy between the two. I'm down for a, a romantic drama but I'm not doing song and dance. Get out of here. Got no time yeah, for stuck.
0: musicals. I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, no. Go in the other
1: room and uh, watch old wrestling or something, I'm sure. <laughs> like this is you, I'm out. I'm out.
0: Skipping around, we got James Dean at eighteen. He made like three movies. And then wrapped his car around a tree. Yeah. So I don't know. That's tough. That's uh, you know that's
1: that's very similar to like the the, uh, the the you know great musicians who die when they're you know 26 years old or whatever. You know we didn't see their downfall. We didn't see James Dean having to take terrible roles later in his life. So yeah, that's that's. I mean, I get it. But, you, yeah.
0: thinking, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a hunky youngster. We don't know what kind of career would have. <laughs> this is the worst um, that we've ever done. Look at this number 20. This is a gimmick. Marx Brothers at number 20. Oh,
1: okay, yeah. What are we doing
0: here? Come on. Uh, Sidney Portier at 22. 22?
1: Robert, you got the Marx Brothers over Sydney? That's a injustice. I don't
0: disagree. That's I don't disagree. Injustice. Move them up. That
1: guy was doing, making movies until, God, I feel like the year he died, he was still making movies. I, listen, Longevity, man. Come on. Sydney.
0: Gotta count for something.
1: That's a dude. Come
0: on. Robert Mitchum. Edward G. Robinson and twenty five William Holden. were really scraping the bottom of the barrel now in terms of legends. So um no disrespect to William Holden,
1: but uh, <laughs> from one of my favorite I, movies, The Network. What do I what do I, uh, I I forget uh yeah, he he was in the yeah, he was in the network for sure. Yeah. Love that movie. Network, yes. yes. Yep.
0: Um yeah, so uh the number one lady Rich was Catherine Hepburn.
1: Mm, all right, whatever.
0: Yeah way less attractive one. Audrey was the, uh, that's the hottie. Audrey's the hottie. Um, see it. What else catches my eye here with the women here? Monroe. Number six, eh, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Joan Crawford at 10. Not tell you, Man. she'll get you fired. She will get you fired. She, <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't want to cross her. Um, Ginger Rogers again with the dance routines. Hit the bricks. Uh Yeah, so there you go. That's the uh Shirley Temple. <laughs> I guess you got to have her in you there. You got to right?
1: have Yeah, you got to have Shirley Temple
0: in there. I mean, you don't I guess you, you don't have,
1: have to, one. but she's probably got to be. Yeah, Golden Age you got to.
0: I have wouldn't her have her in there myself if I'm being honest. You know, um <laughs> you know, I I'm not sitting down to enjoy Wee Willie Winkie. I'm not doing that. <laughs> no. Okay. But I I, I I understand it, I understand it, okay. Like she's ahead of Rita Hayworth. Get lost. I can't I can't accept that. Um, uh, you know, like like she's like Shirley Temple ahead of Lauren Bacall. What are we doing? You know. But it's a gimmick pick. I understand. But uh, anyway, this is the most flagship opening of ever that's ever been <laughs> Joe's done. back, everybody. <laughs> in the history of flagship openings. Do that, Gagney. Where's Joe Gagney now? Actually, he probably could do this. Segment. I was gonna
1: say, of all the people you called out, I, I think wrong guy. Like, absolutely he, he, could do this.
0: <laughs> yeah. He would crush this. He segment. might be better
1: than me in this spot, to be honest.
0: He's, he's yelling at his phone. He's, yeah, he's, he's in this.
1: <laughs> he threw his phone across the room when he found out that James Dean was above City Pointy. He's like, "Get the fuck! Are you kidding me?" Like, yeah, that was in three movies. is <laughs> <It's> ridiculous. <laughs> Miscarriage of justice. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, we got plenty of (laughs) wrestling to talk about uh, uh, today. We have WWE Extreme Rules. We're going to review the show from the new and improved uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. Joe, I watched Raw, so we can talk about my experience watching the new and improved Monday Night Raw. Bray Wyatt is also back to QR codes. We're all wondering, what do these QR codes mean? And then we all guessed immediately, it was Bray Wyatt, and then Joe, the QR codes were right. It was Bray Wyatt. So we'll talk all about him uh, coming back, his return. Uh, we also But then
0: ha- they kept doing more. <laughs> kept,
1: everybody knew five weeks ago it was Bray Wyatt and that he was coming at Extreme Rules. And then the next QR code was like, oh my God, it's the date of Extreme. We know. We got it.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't understand. It's a white rabbit. That- the white rabbit means Bray
1: Wyatt. I know. We heard you. We got it.
0: Thank so you. What, what was all the excitement about? Like, oh no. The don't mystery know. was solved. With the very first clue, <laughs> right. and then they would keep doing. Rich, they're still doing them. Yeah, if you
1: download a, a the the if you if you download a copy of Raw and Peacock, the file name
0: says White Rabbit, and that means okay, cool. Yeah, but yeah, we know it's Bray, and we know when he's showing up. Rich, they had a QR code this week on <laughs> Raw. <laughs> we got it. The man came back already. <laughs> What what is this? I don't know.
1: We'll talk about it more uh, when we get there. New Japan uh, had the Declaration of Power uh, show. A lot of changes going on in New Japan as well. They're kind of setting the stage uh, for uh, Wrestle Kingdom. They have a Battle Autumn show coming up, a big one in November. Uh, And then a new title as well. They've introduced a brand new title, so we're going to talk all about that. Uh, The last of the fake Triple Manias, the most real of the Triple Manias, uh, is this weekend, uh, uh, Triple Mania 30. Mexico City. We'll talk about the major matches uh, on this show. We have a preview up at uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com uh, from Lucha Blog, Cubs fan uh, as well, But if you want to read about that. But we'll touch on that briefly. And then a quick little jaunt uh, to the Indies. I watch West Coast Pros ride the lightning show, including a uh, West Coast Pro heavyweight title match with somebody that we told you many, many times over, you're going to have to pay attention to the guy, you're going to have to pay attention to this guy. Uh, and now he, he's a made man. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and then a tournament that I'm uh, attending this weekend. Uh, AAW doing a tournament this weekend. So we'll talk about the first round matchups and some of the, uh, the people involved in that tournament. But uh, even though I did not think we were going to start with this topic, this is a topic that has continued to kind of grow as the day has gone on, continue to grow uh, over the last uh, a few days as well. And, and, and definitely missed by you not being able to give the takes out there uh, on audio. But uh, Ariel Helwani. Uh, did an interview with Tony Khan last week, uh, and it was on his YouTube channel. It was about 77 minutes. They went over several subjects. Uh, Ariel multiple times tried to get Tony to answer questions about the all-out fight, about MJF's contract, about trying to sign Bray Wyatt, about Cody, and particularly the all-out fight. Like Ariel really, really wanted Tony to give him details about the all-out fight. Uh, Tony either couldn't answer, wouldn't answer, whatever. Uh, people were like, yeah, it was an okay interview, yeah, whatever. I mean, there's some parts, and we'll talk about the interview itself, because I actually thought the interview... Was decent at at times, and I, I, I kind of agree with some of Ariel Helwani's larger points, uh. But but <laughs> he uh, has then gone on the defensive uh, this week on the MMA Hour. He said the uh, interview with Tony was quote the most frustrating interview of in my career. Uh, He began the discussion by saying, look, whatever I'm going to say here is going to piss off the AEW supermarks, which is not a great way to start a a conversation, uh, and then went into a longer, longer rant about the interview and all that sort of stuff, which I will get to in a bit, but uh, first, Joe, let's talk about uh, the interview with Tony Khan. Did you listen to it, and what were your thoughts uh, uh, with uh, that? Because Honestly, I thought it was an okay-ish interview. There were some parts that were a little weird and a little strange and a little interesting. But I thought all in all, Ariel did a pretty decent job trying to get some answers out of Tony, and Tony obviously deflected uh, some of the bigger things that he, you know, either couldn't answer or didn't want to answer, or whatever. But the freak out afterwards is 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 what will be the bigger topic. but but first off, the interview itself. did you listen to it and and, and what'd you think?
0: First of all, if you look at our chat, The AFI Top 25 list. Yeah, honestly, screw wrestling, man. (laughs) Screw wrestling. These people are fired up about that. About that segment, Rich. There's there's debates going on. You know, people. Holy crap! I'm scrolling.
1: Yeah, I was I was doing my little rant thing, man. I'm scrolling. Yeah, wow,
0: wow. All right, we've we've this has gotten some action. You know, we should just do a, a show on that. Um, people really were into that. I mean, we've got names. See, we've got our regulars in the chat every week. We know they're gonna be there, right? This is bringing out the lurkers. There are
1: some new people, yeah. There's some new people I've never seen before. A little uh, Michael Hammond who's talking about Rita Hayworth, and and yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen him before, so welcome.
0: This guy makes he's like. To be fair, you know, all of James Dean's movies are among the greatest movies of all time. Like they're defending people we were ripping, <laughs> right. you know. It's like Robert Coward over here. Chaplin has to be near the top. This is fantastic <laughs> it's stuff. Great, yeah, you know, um, I, I, this is what I love though too. Like we couldn't think of La La Land Somebody says it Do nine other people really need to say La La Land after <laughs> we, the got first it. Person <laughs> we got says it Says La La Land Like you know what I mean It wouldn't be
1: the No Dope uh, chat room without us struggling for 10 seconds to remember something And then 19 people telling us what it is so. And
0: we get a minute straight of people typing in <laughs> La La <laughs> right. Land Like someone said it already You can relax um,
1: But we love so our, our No Dope we,
0: we love the No Dope chat room It's fantastic stuff um, so Helwani here's, here's the way I look at it I had no problem With Helwani Asking questions about punk And the elite and the suspensions That's his job That is what his job is to do for his audience If Tony Khan doesn't want to answer Those questions that's on him At that point the heat's on Tony Khan But if I'm conducting an interview With Tony Khan I'm obviously asking those questions It's up to Tony Khan or not whether he answers them, and then it's up to me how hard I want to push him and pester him and annoy him when it becomes obvious he's not going to answer them. But I have no problem with Hawani asking those questions. I have no problem with Hawani saying that it was the most frustrating and difficult interview of his career, and saying that Tony Khan was evasive and didn't want to answer anything, because Tony Khan was evasive and didn't want to answer anything. So I don't even have a problem with uh, with Hawani. Uh from that standpoint, okay. Um, where I have a problem with Helwani, and you gotta give me a second because I gotta pull up uh a screenshot here. This is where Helwani goes wrong. Okay. He's on Twitter having a conversation with the uh with the Las Vegas fight shop account. And um you know, they're listeners. I think they are. Yeah, they long are time, long time listeners. Anyway. Good yeah. good dude
1: too. I never I, I i wanted to stop by and I never have been able to. There was one time I was in Vegas, we were right there, but I had to, I, I couldn't go. It was we had too much stuff going on, so I I, I let them know I was sorry because I was like, hey, I think I'm gonna come in, like want to say hi, you know, give you a handshake, all that sort of stuff, and I wasn't able to go, so I had to uh, apologize. But yeah, I think long time listeners to the show. Really cool store from what I've seen. I never was able to go in li- uh, in person, but from what I see, a really really cool store uh, in Vegas. So
0: I was there. Um the weekend I got married, um he invited me down and I went down, and then I went in there and I was like, Hey, it's Joe from Voices of Wrestling, and whoever was behind the counter was like, Who? And I was like, All yeah, right, okay, like, oh, I gotta married. go. Right, yeah, <laughs> you
1: know? The most embarrassing thing in the world yep. to Hey, it's me, and they go, Who are you? And he go, Ah,
0: they Wait, you know what? Away. Get married in forty five minutes. I'll be I'll be seeing you later, you know what I mean? Right, so right. whoever, you know, they, they weren't there. Uh but um <laughs> anyway. He says, uh, always oh, a fan Ariel, but I wonder why you didn't ask Triple H about the Vince McMahon allegations the same way you grilled Tony. Uh which which obviously is is a fair question and we'll get into that. Hawani's response. Now this is where to me Hawani goes wrong. I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with him saying the interview was difficult. No, well, no, I, don't I, I agree. Everything
1: everything up until this, especially without the without the benefit uh, with no context, if it's just this guy doing an interview with Tony Khan, asking questions, not getting answers, being frustrated by it, all of that in a vacuum, no problem whatsoever. No problem yeah. whatsoever. There's a little yeah. bit of caveats. There's a little bit of context. But here you go. Yeah. Explain it.
0: Hawani responds, if you think my grilling questions, which hardly were, are in the same ballpark as those questions, not to mention ignoring the fact that one guy is directly related to the questions while the other had nothing to do with them <laughs> other, than benefit, <coughs> other than benefit. Other than
1: benefit. Other than take over <laughs> the company from his father-in-law. But yeah, anyway.
0: I don't know what to say. So Las Vegas Fight Shop responds, fair enough. But you don't think Triple H being in the position he is now as a direct result isn't relevant? Obviously, it's pointless to ask because he won't be able to answer. And Helwani says no. I asked about the change and all that. I think it's irresponsible and unfair to ask him about something he had absolutely nothing to do with. That wasn't his mess. Okay. This is where Helwani is completely out to lunch. Okay. Like I just said. If I were interviewing Tony Khan right now, I absolutely would ask about CM Punk, the elite, and what's going on with this situation. Absolutely. You, have you have to. to. You have, to.
1: have, to, have, and to, have you, to.
0: And if you don't, every person listening to this should never listen to me again. If I had an interview with Tony Khan and I didn't ask that, because I'm doing my listeners, my customers, my subscribers a disservice if I don't ask those questions. Okay? Right. And, can't and, make any, him answer.
1: and in any normal industry as well, and we and we have talked about this a lot. We have talked about this, you know, with, with the give and the take of the wrestling media. I mean, there's part there's members of the wrestling media that are not very good at their jobs, that that are really, really terrible at what they do. But wrestling itself is really terrible at what it does as, as well. It's still this closed, weird society. In, in no other industry would this thing happen and us not know anything for six weeks. Whether guys are suspended, what's happening, when are they coming back, are they ever coming back, are they fired, is there a legal case involved, who got hurt, did anybody get hurt, who else was there... We didn't know anything. The, the freaking Draymond Green thing with the Golden State Warriors, the news cycle on that was like four days. It was Draymond Green did something at practice. He got suspended. 12 hours later, it was, oh, he punched Jordan Poole, a fellow teammate, and then, like... 24 hours after that, we got a video of it, and then we got the the Warriors getting out ahead of it, and, and yada, yada, and all that sort of stuff. They ended up not suspending him and, and, and whatnot, but, like, that whole news cycle was, like, four days for that thing to completely go from, from here to here, and everybody got asked about it, and, and they had to do something about it, and, and especially when the video came out, the... Every, the players, the coaches, everybody had to talk about it. They couldn't just. But in wrestling, you can still kind of get away with going, ah, yeah, well, well, you know, ah, can, kayfabe. No, <laughs> there was a fight backstage, and guys got hurt, or guys are suspended, or guys are whatever. In no other industry would 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 it be allowed for this to go on for six weeks and nobody well, know anything well, about he did,
0: it. Well, listen, Ariel did ask him. Oh, and I agree, and that's what
1: I'm saying. Like that so he should do it. Yeah.
0: Right. So similarly, if I were interviewing. Paul Levesque right now, of course I would ask him about Vince McMahon. Right. And that's, and that's press the thing. him on it. Yes. Yeah. And, and Ariel,
1: and the f- there's nothing wrong with Ariel's questioning towards Tony, but he's also but, interviewed you know, Nick Khan. He's also interviewed triple H and they were not questions like that. You were not. No, and, and,
0: well, he's hiding behind this idea that that's, that wasn't Paul Levesque's, um, um, Crisis, or right. that did, was did you, did he you
1: hear his analogy on uh, Josh Nason? Who, yeah, he, I,
0: doubled, I, he, he doubled down on the Josh Nason show. Okay, so he doubled down on what he said on Twitter. But Ariel, come on. He, this Triple H was no worse than the third or fourth <laughs> most powerful person in the company when all this was happening. It, you can't say it, it, it's none of his concern or it wasn't his business. He didn't come from the outside. Oh, and by the way, he's his son-in-law. He's his son-in-law. That's the thing. He, he brought up the part where
1: you know I can't. You know, if I, I if if a coach took over for another coach, I couldn't ask the coach that took over about the old coach. Yes, you can. You first off, yes, you can. And second off, if if John, let's 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 complete hypothetical here. Let's say John Thompson, Georgetown legendary Georgetown coach. You you, you know was in trouble for abusing players, right? Hypothetical just throwing this out cuz it, it, it names I know. So he yeah. gets fired and John Thompson Jr takes over. Yeah. It's not right for you to say, "Hey, um so your dad was abusing players, but how are you changing the culture? Are you going to like how does that how did that make you feel?" And that I, and jo- Josh followed up I think great when 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 Ariel said, "Well, well how should I ask the question or whatever?" In a very kind of, you know, You've been doing this a decade. Yeah, in kind of a shitty way, asking Josh. Well, how would you? And I think Josh handled it well. He said, "Well, how did it make you feel when you found out that your father-in-law was doing?" You know, if yeah. if we're under the assumption that that Paul Levesque woke up one day and went, "Oh no, Dad, what Rich, <laughs> NDA's? Think, what I, is going I, on?" Richard you know, I give
0: you fifty questions off the top of my head. Hey, Paul, did you know about it? Uh, Hey, Paul, if you did know about it, when did you find out about it? Hey, Paul, this man's your father-in-law. Has it affected your relationship with him outside of wrestling? Hey, Paul, uh, you took over this man's job. Uh, Hey, uh, so how how does that work? Hey, Paul, you were the third most powerful person in the company when all this was happening. Are you telling us or you want to go on the record and tell us you didn't know this was going on? Hey, Paul, you had wrestlers that were directly – under your supervision in NXT, who were fired for similar accusations during the Speaking Out movement? How do you think that ties into your to your creepy father-in-law? Hey, I could go on forever. <laughs> right. What do you mean? What question do you ask him? <laughs> it's your job.
1: Yeah, uh, especially what that do you interview. Mean? It, it has which, to do with him? Do you he remember that in- interview? It was so like Triple H. Why are you so smart? <laughs> like, why are you just the best? <laughs> Triple H, you're so smart and so talented. How do you do it all? It, it was. I mean, it was the most, I mean, he says, oh, I didn't, I didn't give him softballs. Oh, dude, come on. And How, that,
0: about, how about, how about, hey, Paul, now you're in charge. How can you guarantee that your company won't be rapey anymore? Exactly. When, yes. What are when, What are
1: you doing to change the culture of your company that's your rampant with corner, sexual assaults?
0: Your, yeah. When your little corner of the company was rapey, H- how are you changing that? Right. How are you going to change oh, that? Oh, and also when,
1: you had an abuse scandal uh, on your watch in NXT as well with uh, Bill DeMott. But, you know, anyway.
0: how are you going to change that when Bill DeMott was putting his bare ass and wrestlers faces under your uh, leadership? <laughs> right. So now what changes are you going to make? Paul, I, I can ask endless questions to this man. And, and I would and, phrase them a little more professionally than I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, but for sure. is this guy kidding me with what do you want me to ask him?
1: Right, right. And that and that's that's the core of the issue is that if you're gonna be the softball question guy, and we even I think we even touched on this when those interviews came out, we said, All right, we know where what Ariel's gonna be now in the wrestling sphere because he's starting to do a lot more wrestling media. He's gonna be I do WB interviews and I I lob softballs to 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 these guys. And that if that's your lot in life, then that's fine. You could probably stop calling yourself a journalist, but if that's your lot in life and that's what you're going to be, that's fine. But then you cannot turn around and go to, to Tony and then demand that he answer your questions and he not go away and all it, and get upset about it if you're going to be the softball guy. You can be the softball guy or you can be the journalist. You can't be both and you can't play one end where you're going to be the hard guy and then the other end where you're not. Especially when you interview that guy in the wake of his – I mean one of the most the most major story in pro probably in pro wrestling history and yeah, you can't bring it up ask- because ah uh, well what <laughs> this guy you- well, how was he involved i don't know his father was, yeah,
0: you, was- you didn't ask questions about the biggest story in the history of modern wrestling <laughs> right
1: that at the end of the boil it down to that you had the guy who's involved in the biggest story in wrestling history of his son who took over the company from that guy that's ran the company for, for decades upon decades and you didn't ask him a question about it
0: Hey, Paul, I've got a question. You've been an executive with this company for a decade. You've worked in this company for 25 years. And uh, you're the guy's son-in-law. You didn't know any of this was going on? Go on record. There's a question. Is that one fair, Rich? That's You're
1: probably getting uh, a cut sign, but uh, yeah, it's fair.
0: Is that a fair question? Is that the kind of question real media would ask? And when I say real media, non-wrestling media. I mean... Come on. What do you mean? How, what am I supposed to ask him? <laughs> right. Ariel. Now, look, I don't have anything against Ariel Hawani. And, and I, and, and I actually, before I saw him doubling down on this stuff, I was going to defend him.
1: Yeah, I think he was right. I, I thought the interview was really, really good. And I was glad that he pressed Tony. More people need to Khan press. I didn't give
0: him anything. He's yes. right.
1: And more people need to press people in wrestling. They, they need to do that.
0: We need more interviews like this. But you can't sit here and pretend that you put a similar full court press on Triple H. And something else he said to Nason that really bugged me. He said, are people really going to equate the situations of you know me asking Tony Khan how he felt about Cody and, and CM Punk and the Elite to sexual assault allegations. Yes, yes. Ariel, and I'm going to tell <laughs> yes. you why. What is actually worse? Be honest, because it. because they're both the biggest stories <laughs> in each of those companies, and yes. the first questions you need to ask both of the men who are running those companies! That's why <laughs> you can equate them.
1: Holcomb Matt brings up a great point in the note of room as well. They fired Stephanie like two weeks prior to Yeah! That. Hey, your, your wife got fired from the company and then rehired. Uh,
0: to be fair, they did go down that road.
1: Yeah. To
0: be fair. But not in the context that not we're talking
1: in, Yeah, right, right. Not in. But they
0: did discuss that. They did discuss how Stephanie, they were on their way to take some time at their fucking. Cabin in the woods somewhere when Stephanie got the call. And I, I, because I watched all these interviews. Yeah, but Um,
1: not in, in, like I said, not in that context. Again, it was done in a very, very much like, ah, you've got this great opportunity. You and Stephanie just, you know, have been gifted this wonderful opportunity to run this prestige organization. Well, why are they gifted the opportunity? Because their father (laughs) had rampant sexual, you know, (laughs) deviant.
0: You know, it's the Ariel Hawanis who get the opportunities to have these interviews. And then, you know, you, you leave out the most, uh, the, the topic that people want questions answered about the most with one guy, but then you don't do it with the other, and that's the, right. that's the disconnect it's that the he doesn't seem to be understanding. Right. And I don't think that Ariel Hawani is devious. I don't think that he even necessarily is intentional in his actions here. I, I just think that, um, and here's the other thing too, and, and look, we've been on top of this for months, if not years, ever since Nick Khan has been around. We all know that Nick Khan was this man's agent, and I do believe he disclosed it in, in both interviews. Yeah,
1: oh, he, and he always does. And he always does.
0: But that still doesn't mean there's not going to be an inherent bias. Right. And, and it, listen, okay, Nick Khan takes the job with WWE. And on top of everything else he brings to the table, being, having a reputation as being the best negotiator in sports media, having a reputation for being a, a, a you know, a corporate shark and, 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 being a, and, and, and being a great hire. No matter what you think of him, he's done great things for that company. The other thing he brings to the table is his power within the sports media because he was Ariel Hawani's agent. Why do you think Triple H's first interview, when he returned from his cardiac event – was with Stephen A. Smith, of all people, mm-hmm. Nick, former Nick Con client. Why do you think Colin Coward, who for years called wrestling fans booger eaters on the air? That was one of his bits. Why do you think when WWE landed on Fox and Nick Khan went to WWE that Colin Coward did a complete 180 on pro wrestling, puts it over on his show, goes to SummerSlam and sits front row in, in Los Angeles and puts over pro wrestling all of a sudden? Because Nick Khan was his agent. Nick Khan uh, represented a large portion of some of the most powerful people in sports media. And the ones that he didn't represent were represented by other people in his old agency, CAA. So he has connections to virtually every powerful person in sports media, which is very advantageous to WWE. Because all of these people, Ariel Helwani, Stephen A. Smith, Colin Coward, okay – they're all rich because of Nick Khan. Right. And uh, and they, they, they you know, they owe him that debt of gratitude. You know, and, and, and they're fond of him because he made great deals for them. He made them rich men. And that's a factor here. So, you know, and again, I really don't have anything against Ariel Hawani, but what it does make me question now is, you know, all those years where he had beef with Dana White in the UFC, Rich, you really got to think. Would he have really had those beefs if Dana White had hired Nick Khan? Is that really all it takes? Right. Because now the guy's doing voiceovers on WWE pay-per-views. And he is one of the soft landing spots when they want Paul Levesque or Nick Khan or uh you know whoever else Ariel's done a million of these interviews. Okay? He, he's one of the soft landing spots now. Why? Because he can't think of a question to ask about the
1: biggest wrestling story in
0: history president <laughs> from the company. yeah because yeah he can't think of a question how about this question hey paul vince says it was just time to resign is he saying it had nothing to do with the allegations that are hanging over his head how about that for a starter question i mean that's a very that's a very basic question that could kick off that whole lineup but he's not going to do that no. because He's Nick Khan's boy, and he'll deny it, and maybe he'll hear this and get mad at us. That's okay. I don't think Ariel Hawani really cares. I, you know, I don't think he cares, and I think it's good well, that Well, I, I would say like, he doesn't care. me as someone who's tough. I was
1: going to say, normally I would say he doesn't care, but this week has indicated that he does care. A lot. <laughs> Too much, probably.
0: Well, the nascent interview was scheduled ahead of time, to be fair. It's not like he decided I need to go on a media junket.
1: No, L.A. no, no. But he's been arguing with Twitter bozos nonstop. And they're arguing That's with everybody true. under the sun. He's arguing with, with with Twitter people. He's arguing with AEW people. And then now he's arguing with LA Fight Shop and, and uh, David Bixenspan. And it's like, all right, dude. Like, come on. Like, slow down. Like, I agree that he should just let this ride. Just say, hey, fuck it. I don't care. Like, say whatever you want about me. Like, it's just, yeah, the, the way. And and I will say, the, the, the way that the interviews were presented, like, the questioning and the content of the interviews, I think, were, were were okay. I would say he did start out the interview, and I don't know if you noticed this, by saying, Hey, Tony, I don't think you really like me. And like, terrible way to start an interview, by the way. To say, hey, you know, you already start things contentious by 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 alluding to the fact that, hey, I don't think that you like me. <laughs> like it's a very weird and he continued to say that. Like later he said, you know, I don't feel like Tony Khan trusts me, yada yada, all that sort of stuff. Then also,
0: and he he pulled back the curtain by saying that it was really hard to book Tony Khan. Right, right. Which immediately, if you're Tony Khan, and I'm not saying this is how he felt, but immediately, if you're the guest, you're on the defensive. You're like, "Holy shit, why is he outing this? Why is he making me? Why is he making me look like an asshole?"
1: Right, and that's what I mean. It's a horrible way, a horrific way. And I think Ariel Helwani is a good journalist, and I think he's a good interviewer. This was not, I I think, ultimately, it was probably not his best performance, and he'd probably tell you that, too, as he says, a frustrating interview, all that sort of stuff, but I don't, he started it with a very contentious from the get-go. And if yeah. you don't want to interview the guy, if you, you think he... Ha- Look, the guy's not doing an interview if, 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 he, if he hates you. Let's be honest. Someone kind of is not interviewing you if he fucking hates you. He's there because he wants to be interviewed because he's doing your thing or wh- whatever it may be. So starting it off as contentious as that was, hey, it was hard to book you and I know you don't really like me. It's just a horrific... I mean, it just already gets things off on the wrong foot. And it like you said, it puts the, the interviewee on the defensive already. Saying, oh well, she's okay. Wow, all right. Well, now I'm already, now I already have to start defending myself as this interview is going on, and it puts the gates up and it puts the the, the guards up to maybe say, ah, you know what? No, I'm I, I was going to tell you this, this, and this, but now I'm not going to tell you that because I, you know, it's it, it just it's a horrific way to start the interview,
0: even if it was meant as playful.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. But right. you know, I, I think we probably know it was you know a little bit of a, a little I, bit of B. Uh, I, of the,
0: a little ribbon on the square. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. Square, but yeah. then like and then also starting the. Hey, I'm going to talk about this interview by saying I'm going to piss off the AEW supermarks. It's like, all right, dude. Now, see, you're digging the your the own H-W. grave now, man. Like, calm down. You don't have to do the
0: this. The AEW freakazoids. <laughs> the
1: freakazoids. Yeah, like, a, you know, that, and then the kicker at the end of the thing where he says, quote, if you're saying right now with a straight face that the AEW product is better than the W product, you're just a liar. You're an absolute liar. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. The WWE product is infinitely better infinitely more interesting and there's a freaking brawl happening backstage each and every week it seems meanwhile it's all kumbaya on the Stanford side of things like if you're gonna be a super fan be a super fan but also tell it like it is six months ago that wasn't the case but right this second if you're gonna sit here and say that it's a better product you're an absolute liar
0: you know what I don't have a problem with that that's his opinion I vehemently disagree it's funny because I think the complete opposite I think the AEW product smokes the WWE I write about it I wrote about it today I write about it and talk about it every week. Again, that's his opinion. I think he's crazy. He just has a different taste in wrestling clearly than I do. Uh,
1: is this and, an opinion, though, if he says "If you're you're an absolute liar if you think that AEW is better?
0: Well, you know what? It's a strong opinion, but it's I'm not one to talk. I'm saying. not one to talk. I've been known to phrase things certain <laughs> yeah. ways as well. All right, but yeah. it's like, in
1: absolutes. Yeah, he's it's, it's a lot of absolutes uh, in an opinion. That's all I'll say.
0: But, you know, it's like, it, it, it there's a slight difference. You know, it's, it's... What we do here is more like punditry. You know, and I'm not trying to... And he is passing himself off as a journalist. So, I think if you want to have a problem with the way he framed his preference for the WWE product from that standpoint, you can. Me, personally, while I completely... I totally disagree with him I can't kill the guy for having an opinion over which one he thinks is better. Now, do I think he's needling the AEW fans a little bit with the way he phrased that and calling them freakazoids and all of this? I think he is. And at that point, you can't complain if they come at you.
1: And that's what I mean. And at that point, you, you're kind of giving up a lot of your journalistic integrity by, by then – being a shit stirrer and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I that, mean, if
0: you're having fun with them and trying to stir them up, well, then you're going to... And gonna... that's fine.
1: And, that, and again, like, <laughs> look, it's this show telling you we're not going to say that... Yeah, I may have
0: done that once or twice. Uh, you,
1: I, 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 once or... Uh, three or four times I've counted in the history of the 10 years. Rich, done, I did yeah. it
0: today. I, you know, a, <laughs> <laughs> did anyone read my Dynamite review today? I mean, you
1: know. There's <laughs> a lot of shit stirring going on, but, but then you kind of... I, I can't then take you...
0: Yeah, then you can't sit here and tell me that I was... This, I was a fair and equal journalist. Right, in all right exactly,
1: interviews. exactly, and that's fine. Like, I don't care. But you got to pick, and that, and it's like I said, I don't care. You just have to pick a lane. You can't be the straight laced journalist that's going to get to the bottom of these big time stories, and then not ask Paul Levesque about his father and and the rampant sexual abuse going on in the company. You can't be, you know, the if you're going to be the softball guy, then you can't be, you know, needling Tony. Con- well, you got to tell me about the Olaf fight. What's how going about, on with the fight? What's going
0: on? Yeah, how about just asking Paul why his father in law resigned? Right. How about just asking that basic, simple question and getting Paul Levesque to go on record with an answer? How about that? That's an opportunity to get the most powerful person in wrestling, which is what Paul Levesque is, to go on record with an answer as to why his father-in-law resigned. And you're not even bringing up the scandal. You're not even using the words sexual misconduct, sexual abuse, inappropriate relationship. Paul Vince McMahon on you know three weeks ago, uh, whatever it was, three months ago, resigned. It seemed abrupt. He's your father-in-law. He was your boss for twenty-five years. Why did he resign? Is that not a fair question, Rich Kreich? It'd
1: Maybe, yeah, yeah. You, let 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 Triple H say whatever he wants to say. Himself. Yeah, let him yeah. dig his hole. Let him hang himself. Let him bury. Because you whatever know what? He,
0: he makes the money. He makes the money. He's in charge. He wants the responsibility. He's the most powerful person in wrestling. He can answer the uncomfortable question. And you can let him figure out how to worm his way out of it. And then you follow up if he feeds you some bullshit. Ariel, that's what a journalist does. And I don't have a degree. You have one. You can't sit here and tell Las Vegas Fight Shop and Josh Mason, what am I supposed to ask him? Call me next time. I'll I'll tell you what to ask. I mean, this is not hard. You ask the obvious questions. And then you press them and you make them uncomfortable. But Rich, it's a waste of our breath. He's Nick Khan's boy. He's doing voiceovers. He's not going to do that. Right. not going to do that. And that's where he went wrong. We wouldn't even be discussing this topic if he didn't double down on Twitter, and with Mason, and defend not asking Paul those questions. We I doubt we'd even be talking
1: about it. Oh, we wouldn't. No, no, and it actually it'd probably be the opposite. Like, I, my initial notes about this entire thing were I think this is a good interview, and I think it's good that he he, he pressed Tony and tried to get answers out of this, because that's what you're supposed to do is get answers out of these things, and, 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 and figure these things out, and, and why has it been six weeks since this thing? We have no earthly idea who's doing what, what the status of the the, the title you you introduce new titles and the champions are just, have just disappeared. Are they suspended? Are they ever coming back? What's going on with CM Punk? What's going on with these? Like, no, it's been six weeks, and I you do have to press them about that. I think you do have to discuss the MJF contract situation because that was kind of fought in public. Was that you know part of the story? Was that actual true you know real life or whatever? Even the question about Cody Rhodes, like even saying, hey, how did it make you feel that Cody was one of the guys that started the company with you, and there he is on WWE television? How does that make you feel? I I have no problems whatsoever with. Any of those questionings, the line of questioning, the way he did it, I do have a problem with the fact that he didn't do it on the other side. And then that he said, well, what do I, you know, oh, well, those interviews were great. Everybody liked those interviews. <laughs> what was I supposed to say? <laughs> it's like, all right.
0: It's a, it's a joke. Paul Levesque has never been forced to go on record about this. And this guy had a crack at him and he blew it. Yep. That's the, that's what the problem here is. And this is what Hawani doesn't seem to understand that. Because of the way wrestling is, and the way wrestling journalism is, and how it's this closed society, he is in a unique position of getting a crack at these guys. And he had a chance to make Paul Levesque answer that question. And he shit the bed, and he's making excuses as to why he didn't. Come on, man. Come on. Does anyone have any doubt that, if given the opportunity... Ariel Hawani would ask Dana white questions about sexual misconduct in the UFC of course he would why didn't he do it here we all know the answer that's all yeah. it's okay we know where you stand now
1: do your go do your it, it,
0: go do your pay-per-view pre-show panel shows again go ahead because we know where you stand now you know so that that's all keep doubling down it's you know it doesn't matter at this point Cause now we all know the cloak is down. The mask is off. We know where you stand. So you'll do Nick cons, buddy. that's okay. You're Nick Khan's buddy. I get and that's it.
1: Fine. And that, there we go. Yeah. And like I said, if you're going to be the softball guy, that's cool. I'm fine with that. Be, be the softball guy. Then they're very, they're very easy to, 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 to consume interviews. With, you know what I mean? Like the, the one with triple H everybody was like, Oh, well, you know, Oh yeah, you really, you know, and, it's the same shit that we got with like the you know with, whatever whatever. I whatever. thought
0: he asked. I thought he asked Triple H some good questions. I thought that interview was pretty decent. <sighs> I mean, yeah. he framed. It, it, listen, it wasn't Walter Cronkite, but it was. Well, you know, it's an, it, a, a,
1: in 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 a vacuum, it was a decent interview. But then on the flip side, when you get Tony, then your you, you, the the tone is completely different. He had two yeah. very different tones of those interviews. I thought oh, yeah. I agree with you. The Triple H interview was good. Before I listened to the Tony interview, and I went, "Whoa, why didn't you do the Tony interview with Triple H?" <laughs> those the two different interviews. They're two different interview styles. They're two different interview approaches. One was. Whoa, okay, you're trying to get to the bottom of some real stories here. And the other one, yeah, you know, was he asking decent questions and having a good back and forth? Yes. But at the end of the day, the tone of the interview was, why are you so great? And oh my God, how, what a great opportunity you have now to run this company.
0: I think he may have been intimidated by Triple H to some extent. I'm sure.
1: I'm sure he was. Well, you know, they put
0: him in. He's employed a,
1: by BT Sport. I mean, that's, you know. Yeah.
0: Well, he made clear that he no longer is employed by BT Sport. Ah. So we should probably mention that as well. Okay. But. um. You know, they, they, they conduct the interview in a $5,000 a night hotel room and Triple H shows up probably, uh, you know, in a limo with an entourage. And, and, Ten minutes you know, late. This, Ten
1: minutes late, too, I'm sure. Uh, yeah.
0: You know, super professional setting and he's the most powerful man in wrestling. And Ariel hawani probably grew up fucking spitting water out of his mouth like Triple H as, as a fan and all of those things. And uh, Tony Khan is on a gaming headset backstage. <laughs> back- <laughs> right. You know, looking and looking
1: like Tony Khan.
0: <laughs> yeah. Affable, you know, I'm not even ripping him, just affable yeah, yeah, Tony yeah. Khan. You know, just normal, you know, coming across a okay, guy can buy and sell uh me, you, Ariel, or Triple H, but he's still affable Tony Khan and he comes across like and and I think there's less of an intimidation factor there. And there's also uh less of a connection both professionally and with and and you know, through Nick Khan and your professional connect- And all of those things I think play a factor. And I think uh he probably respects Tony Khan a little less for a lot of those reasons, too. And, and you know, th- this is all speculation now. Uh, but, you know, I think all of those things, uh, you know, you know might play a part. And as far as Tony goes, I think he's overexposed on these interviews. I mean, I understand why he does them all. But every time he turn around, he's doing an interview. And he's he's mastered the art of saying nothing to the point now where he will just literally say nothing. He'll just literally say, I can't answer that. You know, he doesn't even dance around the questions anymore. He just tells you he's not going to answer them. Um, and, and, you know, he's, he's become ex- exceedingly more tight lipped and you know that he can do that. You know, it's a, it's a private company. It's not publicly traded or anything like that. If he doesn't want to answer questions, uh, uh, in interviews, if he doesn't want to answer questions, um, from media privately, you know, he's well within his rights to, uh, to, to, to no sell questions, no sell people, you know, that's fine. But, um. You know, it, it's, it's, and, and again, I don't think Helwani was wrong. You know, I I, I did think it was, uh, you know, uh, Khan uh, did stonewall him a lot in that interview and give him nothing. Um, you know, but, but, you know, I think, I think Khan was putting the screws to Helwani a little bit too and, and fucking with him. I mean, he made Helwani read the barstool tweets that were, that were, that were putting down Nick Khan. He, you know, he had Helwani read that entire exchange. You know, because he knows the relationship with Hawani with and Nick Khan. So, you know, that was kind of like Tony throwing his muscle around. Tony ate him up, let's be honest. And that's why it's part of the reason Hawani's not happy with the interview because he knows that Tony ate him up. So, um, but again, we wouldn't be talking about this if he didn't double down on the Triple H stuff. Yeah, He did a shitty job with Triple H. He didn't show any guts. Okay. I, that's the bottom line. He didn't show any guts with Triple H. He did a terrible job. He had a golden opportunity that any of us would have loved to have and you blew it that's the bottom line
1: so there you go that is the arrow hawani stuff we'll see if any uh, anything new comes uh, of that in the next uh next weeks and months or if this kind of blows over and and, and end up uh, uh being a, a just a, a little little notes in in history but uh interesting stuff uh going on there let's uh since we're talking about WWE, let's get into extreme rules the uh premium live event from this past weekend uh we'll start off first with with the, the major story, I think, out of the event, uh, the return of Bray Wyatt. And we kind of laughed about it a little bit earlier that it was just hilarious to see people getting so into this, the QR codes and the hints. And from day one, we knew it was White Rabbit and that it was Bray Wyatt. <laughs> like You know what I mean? There was no mystery. There was no – the only intrigue was when is he going to come back. And, and the intrigue, I'll give them – I'll give WWE all the credit in the world on the intrigue. They popped a lot of ratings with the idea that, hey, Bray Wyatt might be appearing on this show, he might be, appear- be appearing on this show, he might be on this show, he might be on this show. Eventually then, people just figured out, okay, he's going to appear on Extreme Rules. And you saw the ratings reflect that. That when people realized, okay, he's not showing up at SmackDown, and he's not showing up on Raw, he's showing up on Extreme Rules, you saw the numbers kind of go back to what they normally were because people were tuning in to see the return of Bray Wyatt. And then when they knew that it was going to happen at Extreme Rules, they went away for a little bit on on, on SmackDown or whatever and, and Raw, and then, then they got back in. Uh, and we saw it this week on, on Monday Night Raw. People – the rating was very good because people, again, were hoping to see Bray Wyatt. Now, WWE did not give them Bray Wyatt. They gave them a video of Bray Wyatt from the night prior, which is a little – or two nights prior or whatever, which is a little you – know, I don't know. It you little... know, they,
0: like, to be fair, they never said he was going to be on Raw. They did. They they did strongly hint at the 937 thing on SmackDown. To me, that was a bait and switch because then they, nothing happened. That, you know, he didn't appear – and you're right. Bray has now popped two ratings without even appearing the one SmackDown rating for that big quarter hour, which elevated the whole show. And then this week's uh, Raw, where people were hoping to see him coming off the pay per view. They announced him for SmackDown. And I expect tomorrow SmackDown to do, to do, a, to do a big number as well. Uh, you know, I, I, I followed Bray Wyatt while, while he was with the company, and he never really was a ratings mover. There was a short period of time where he was, and then because you, whether you want to blame the booking, I or his performances or the over-the-topness of the of the gimmick, he ceased being a draw. He really did. These are like the two best numbers Bray Wyatt has ever pulled. And he <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it, it's 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 pretty remarkable because yeah, when he was a regular performer, like he wasn't drawing business this way. He wasn't. No, he you know, was not. He was not moving and I ratings talk this way. About,
0: people talk about the merch sales and all that, and that's fine. And at the time, even. I remember on this show I was saying, people talk about merch sales. I almost feel like that's just shit people say when they're backed into a corner and don't have anything else to point to, right? They'll say, oh, well, he sells a lot of merch. Well, I don't remember whether this was to the Voice of Wrestling Twitter account or to my personal account, so I don't know. but But I did have someone through an intermediary, a person that works... In the WWE office, okay, through who listens to this show heard that segment. I think
1: it was through the official account. I remember this. So you remember, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And then through an intermediary, who we won't name that person because it'll out that they have this source. (laughs) Um, told us no, it's true. Bray sells a shit ton of merch. Yeah. And for a while, so okay, fine. (laughs) So he sold T-shirts, he sold merch, but he really was never a ratings mover. He's a ratings mover now. They fire the guy. He's been gone for a year, and that may have been the best thing that ever happened to him in terms of reigniting his star power because he did pop the SmackDown. He did pop the Raw. But like you said, when he didn't show up on the SmackDown, the following Raw was the shits. That was the first one against Monday Night Football, the first or second one against Monday Night Football, which really tanked and to a larger degree than it should have versus the football and to a larger degree than it did the year before under Vince. And then the following SmackDown went right back to normal numbers. Because people are like, all right, well, he's just – he's going to be – we know he's going to be in Extreme Rules now, right? So I think the SmackDown will do a good number Friday because they did announce him for the show. But, yeah, it's crazy. Like, this has kind of reignited – there's no question that the core WWE fan base is super excited for the return of Bray Wyatt. There's no doubt about it.
1: So the segment on Extreme Rules, if if you did not see it, uh, Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins finished their Fight Pit match, which we'll talk about when we review Extreme Rules – uh, Riddle got about five seconds to celebrate, and then the lights went out, and then the fucking dinosaur and the vulture and the pig showed up in the crowd. Uh, a, a fiend showed up ringside. A mask appeared on the table, and Michael Cole go, ah! <laughs> you know, like, stand yeah. up and go, oh, ah! Yeah. <laughs> so dorky. And then Bray appeared, and he had a lantern, and he had a mask, and he took it off, and then people went, yeah, and then it was over.
0: Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Obviously, it did nothing for me.
1: Yeah, this is not the show. If you if you were licking your chops, going, "Oh man, I can't wait to see these guys get real excited about the Bray Wyatt return," uh, wrong show. I've been done with Bray Wyatt since about 2014. I think I've kind of been over it. Uh, that's been very clear on this show that we are, are not uh, Bray Wyatt fans at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- this is the kind of stuff that dri- that has driven me away from WWE. I mean, this is not for me. Now, it got an enormous pop. Their fan base is eating this shit up. They ate up the stupid QR codes and all that nonsense. It's fucking Chikara scavenger hunts, which really wasn't a scavenger hunt. It was just, just telling <laughs> it's, you the, it's the, the best
1: part about all this is that you had people writing articles. All right. So so th- we know it's Bray Wyatt. He's coming to extreme rules. Yeah, we got no, it. <laughs>
0: no we mystery on wine. We like,
1: have it. We got it. Thank you. We don't need an article about this. We don't need you un- un- uncovering these mysteries. It's Bray Wyatt. He's the White Rabbit, and he's coming to Extreme Rules. We got it.
0: (laughs) It may have been creative and cool if it was a series of clues that led you to that. But everyone immediately knew it was Bray Wyatt. So then what the fuck was, like, why is it exciting after that? To get another clue that tells you it is, in fact, still Bray Wyatt. (laughs) I, 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 I don't understand it, but it's like... It's weird. Do we do we piss in other people's cornflakes for this? Obviously yeah, people. Well, yeah, it.
1: Usually we do. Uh we did that when, you know, they were doing the cinematic matches and people were saying, yeah. ah, the alligator represents and we were just like, shut up, go. Yeah, away. I just want to watch wrestling. Uh John Cena is actually representing the metamorphosis of uh, heel jo- We okay, I don't care. You <laughs> cool. So you got these
0: weird guys in costumes all over the arena and it's like <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's a fucking dinosaur and a, a vulture, and we were like, Oh, wow, okay, cool.
0: I mean people forget, I mean He's a dirty swamp wizard that's gonna come out with his lantern and have two star matches.
1: I mean, <laughs> right at the end of the day, I just so I'm weird like that. I I just like wrestling, you know. So when I watch wrestling, I like watching wrestling. And this guy's not a good wrestler. So,
0: well, Rich, there's this idea. See, this is what's crazy to me. <laughs> there's this idea that the fiend is no more, and that he's gonna be Bray Wyatt, lantern carrying fucking cult leader. If that's the case, what the fuck is the point? Isn't the whole point? That the—is it the whole point of bringing this guy back, and and hiring a fucking director of lore and all of this other shit? Isn't the whole point to go back to doing all of the magic and fucking nonsense that they were doing with the fiend before? Why do people think the fiend? I think people are gonna be disappointed because I think the fiend is definitely coming back. Why else would you rehire this guy?
1: Right. Well, I, I think, you know, and, and you gotta remember that Bray Wyatt was doing magic and bullshit even before he was the fiend. I think a lot of people forget that he was
0: Yeah, the Randy Orton match with the maggots on the
1: map. Yeah, and he all did maggots. T- he was making explosions happen and stuff. Like I think you can go back to that if you really need to. If if you wanna go back to Bray Wyatt the dirty swamp wizard or whatever, you can do that. And it can be some of the magic and all this sort of stuff without being full on fiend, which Maybe for some people was a little too much, but again, people ate that shit up at the time. Like, it didn't affect ratings at all. But man, people, you know, the merch wise, like you were just talking about, and then like discussion wise, people seem to like that stuff. And I'm I'm with you that if he comes back as cult leader Bray Wyatt, like, I think a lot of people are going to kind of expect him to be, because at the end of the day, there's not many legs. There's not much legs to that. Because he's going to wrestle, like you said, he's going to go out there and wrestle, you know, mediocre matches. And it's like, all right, well, there's not much for that. But he's going to have to still be a magician and a wizard and, Otherwise, and magic. What's the point? Yeah, right. Right. He's not going back to NXT Bray Wyatt. That's not happening.
0: You know, why would you just bring this guy back as another wrestler on the roster? Like what's the, he has to, and we've already seen like he had these fucking characters all over the building in extreme rules. And he's doing this. I think, you know, it's just this weird thing. And and here's the other thing too. Kind of like when he got cut, the excuse a lot of people were making was, you know, well, Vince McMahon, ruin the fiend because Vince had all these wacky ideas and 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 that's why the fiend a yeah, lot so of fiend yeah, stuff.
1: Wyndham Wind, Rotunda, who's just saying, "Hey, I just want to go out there and, <laughs> and
0: wrestle." Yeah. you know, I hey uh,
1: Vince, I, as much as I would love blood to pour from Alexa's head, how about I just go out there and have a
0: fifteen-minute match? You know, I mean? listen, I, I think people were crazy then, and I think we're going to be proven right. Oh, we, I think, oh,
1: absolutely, we're right now. No, 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 we're not going to be. Pro- we're right. You think? Yeah, I mean, he's work? already doing Followed it. Follow this guy's know? fucking it's, Twitter account. You think that this guy's sitting there? You know, watching, you know, 1989 WCW and taking notes and going, ah, yeah, 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 here we go, here we go. No, he's doing – the director of lore has been hired to to, yeah. to infiltrate this shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, they hired a legitimate director of lore. Okay, that's not his title, but that's what he is. The guy comes from the comic book world, which already is an eye roll for me. Um, What do you think they're going to do? Write out old Mid-South storylines? The guy's going to do his fucking Hocus Pocus <laughs> bullshit. Right gonna be the fiend. I mean and there's a lot of people convinced that that's that's dead and gone and that was all Vince's fault. Wait a minute. First of all I thought you all liked that stuff. Right? It's Well yeah, it's
1: one of these other stuff. it's one of these things where Vince goes and it's like this show is really improving.
0: It's like you yeah. told me it was
1: good before Yeah. Yeah. The like same thing. The yeah when i got fired it was like ah yeah it, it all went off the rails. Vince Vince is a maniac, Vince is crazy. it's like you all liked it.
0: Rich, we were getting death threats for making fun of the Alexa Bliss stuff because they were presenting her as childlike. Remember Reddit was giving us death threats Mm -hmm. because, okay, uh, you know, in real time, these people loved the Alexa Bliss stuff. They loved the Firefly Funhouse. They loved the box-like structure. Then Vince cuts the guy, and then they say all that shit sucked, and it was all Vince's fault. This is how this guy thinks. He's Bray Wyatt is a dumb person's idea of a genius. And these are all his stupid ideas, and they're all coming back. And they hired a director of lore to help him with it. It's only going to get worse. I I still stand firm with my belief that Vince was reining it in. Yes. I think Vince was reigning it in. I think Vince
1: hated it. Yeah, I, I, I can only imagine the ideas that 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 Wyndham had or whatever. And
0: yes, that got I'm, turned down.
1: Yeah, and I'm of the same, because the second that he could get rid of this guy, he got rid of him, which probably made you think that he, yes. threw, he had this list, this fucking notebook full of shit and just like God damn it get rid of him yes. <laughs> sick of, i'm sick of the shit like i'm sure there's parts of him that he liked and there's things that he liked but i think at the end of the day he also probably turned out a lot of wild and crazy shit that 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 he didn't want yeah, because yeah this
0: guy's it, crazy bray Wyatt's a crazy person he's nuts okay none of it ever makes sense okay i'm convinced that vince was reigning in it and i think like you're saying the first opportunity this guy doesn't draw ratings He is the literal eater of worlds, because anybody who feuds with him is dead. (laughs) He
1: destroys characters left and right, yeah.
0: Okay, and the second his merch sales uh, started to tick tick downward, I think Vince said, why am I paying this guy seven figures?
1: Right, Uh, Angry216 in the the note of room brings up a great point. Remember, there was the idea of, okay, we're building up uh, Bray, we're building up the Fiend, and the second he had the opportunity, he had Goldberg destroy the guy and beat his ass in minutes. Which we, we stood up and applauded. We were like, Vince McMahon is a genius. <laughs> yes. Yeah. One of our favorite matches of that entire weird WrestleMania was Goldberg just fucking destroying the Fiend.
0: Wasn't that a Saudi show?
1: Uh Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right.
0: Yeah. But, um... No, I think you're getting full-on fucking magical, dirty, swamp wizard, Fiend guy. I think you're getting that. Because that's what the... Listen, that's what these people want. Mm-hmm. The base wants that. And... Uh, I think the people who think you're just going to get Bray Wyatt with his dopey lantern are going to be very disappointed when he's pulling magic acts and lights are going out and he's disappearing and blood's coming out of people's heads. And, you know, Alexa Bliss is uh, suddenly a child again on a swing and all of this other bullshit they were doing before. Um, You know, it's funny because Seth Rollins. I don't know if you saw this, Rich.
1: (laughs) I I did see this quote.
0: Let me tell the, the listeners. Yeah. He went on record. In an official, like like a real interview. And said that the problem with Bray Wyatt was that anybody who was put in a program of Bray Wyatt came out colder on the other end. I mean, this guy was a liability for a while. Uh, whether, I don't care how many t-shirts and fucking, fucking weird fucking title belts the guy sold. He was a liability. You know, he destroyed Seth Rollins' babyface run. And Seth Rollins hasn't recovered to this day. You know, he's still working as a heel. You know, and he's starting to come around. People are starting to sing along with his song and all that. And I'm sure he'll be a babyface again shortly. But that completely derailed Seth Rollins' career. And he went on record saying that. Because that was the truth. So, I mean, I think this guy stinks. I think he's more trouble than he's worth with his stupid ideas. Uh, I think hiring a fucking director of lore to work with this guy is just asking for more Fucking hokey bullshit, but it appears as though at least in the short term, this guy's going to be a draw. Yeah, tell
1: yeah. It. I'm very curious how he actually draws now that he's here, and and, and what because no, it'll draw big this week. Yeah. Oh no, for sure it, it will. Yeah. But will it be diminishing returns, or do they actually have they legitimately taken this guy away for long enough that people really did miss him, and now people are all in, and, and because they have an opportunity, and they do. And I'm 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 being completely honest with this, like they. Looking at those numbers, those numbers were shocking that the just the idea, the mere idea that this guy is coming back popped a lot of big numbers. So there might be – I mean, he they might have struck on something here, and he might be – it's never going to be for me. I'm never going to enjoy it. I'm not going to like it. But there's there's a real chance that they maybe have struck something with this guy, and maybe it sustains. And that's going to be the most interesting thing to find out. Does it sustain? Can it keep going? Or is it just, okay – now he's here, and the bell rings, and oh wait, right, it's Bray Wyatt, and he's not very good at wrestling. Okay.
0: Remember the remember the Fox executives on the Fox debut with the with all the pictures. All oh, the picture
1: of like, those guys just looking at each other. Like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck did that? we buy? <laughs> yeah.
0: What is this shit? How much did we spend? Like, yeah. Call? What is this garbage? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, look, it's it's not for me. It's not for you. It's not for most of the people listening to us. Um, it has energized their fan base. I am just highly skeptical that um, it can sustain because it didn't last time. I think there's excitement because he's coming back. I think it's, you know, the fan base perceives it as Triple H righting a wrong and all those sorts of things. Um, But I have real concerns about giving this guy creative freedom because I don't think it gets toned down. I think it gets wackier. I really do. And that's hard to imagine because... And then we can move on and talk about the show itself, I guess. Unless you have any other Bray points.
1: Nah, I got nothing. But
0: Because I'm on record. I, I truly, firmly believe this. And I understand the magnitude of the statement and the ground it covers. Bray Wyatt slash The Fiend is the worst gimmick in the history of professional wrestling. It's horrible. It's unwatchable. It's so bad that it's beyond the pale and it just it it almost comes full circle to you know it's just the worst thing i've ever seen in pro wrestling
1: no it it broke us yeah go go back and listen yeah. to those shows there were several times where we were like what we're not what are we watching like why am i watching this what am i doing you know and and i it, told that story that one time there was i think it was the Bray Wyatt Dean Ambrose like cage hell in a cell or something like that and i was over at the nurse's parents house watching this and I'm just watching this and my I'm, eyes are glazing over and her dad looks at me and goes, this is the stuff you watch like this is what your podcast is about it's, it's and I was like no yeah. no uh, it's not Like, it's not like I mean it is but it's not like it was it was it, like just thinking why didn't I let my daughter marry this guy <laughs> like, you know yeah I mean? and this really is what he watches and I was like, no it's not i I know I know no I don't I think it sucks too i, I, I assure <laughs> yeah, you I think it sucks like but I get it it's like one of those deba- we always said it, it's like the fiend is on your screen. Bray Wyatt's on your screen, and you just hope and pray that nobody walks in. Yeah, that your your wife doesn't walk in. That you're not watching in front of other people. That you haven't invited people over to your house to watch it. Like you just want to watch it in your own time and just hope that nobody
0: <laughs> nobody
1: knows that you did this. And
0: it's, I just like wrestling. I want guys to wrestle. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean wrestling's humiliating enough. Yeah, right, right. I don't need someone who respects me to walk in on me while the fiend is is coming out of a box-like structure. I just Yeah, well it, his it, his, it's, his it's awful.
1: female um, servant thing is is on a swing laughing while blood's pouring down her head. It's like what are we doing?
0: His childlike girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I I just have nothing in common with people who enjoy that. You know, and it's like I, I'm not Necessarily taking shots at people who enjoy that, but I have nothing in common with some. And and I will say this I'm glad that the new Paul Levesque era of WWE has not successfully brought me back in because, as anyone who reads my writing over the last (laughs) couple of months knows, I'm like a broken record at this point. And I swear I'm not going to review Raw and SmackDown anymore because I'm tired of saying the same things. It's not going to change. It is what it is. They're dull shows. They're very boring, dull, and uninteresting shows that aren't all that much different from Vince's shows. And they haven't roped me back in. I don't think the shows are any good. And I'm glad because had they successfully roped me back in and had they been creating a compelling wrestling product that I was enjoying, this Bray Wyatt stuff would completely throw that all – I'd be I'd be out again. It would push me back out. Right, right. I have it, it... absolutely zero use for this.
1: No, I'm with you.
0: It's, it's a total turnoff. And it was actually disheartening. I saw Dave Meltzer say that Tony Khan had a deal in place with this guy for one of the Rochester Dynamites, and it just didn't happen. Oh. Now, Tony. That would, I would have been out on AEW if, if Bray Wyatt came in and, and did all the magic tricks. And if he's not doing the magic tricks again, why are you bringing him in? Yeah, I'm kind of out goal.
1: on him anyway because he's just not a good wrestler.
0: <laughs> well, the thing is, the thing about Bray Wyatt is that's the, the only thing he brings to the table that makes him unique is all of the bullshit that we hate. Like, there's no point in bringing him in if he's just going to be a wrestler because there's he's, – he's just – there's nothing there. So if Tony was going to bring him in, we have to presume he'd be allowed to do his bullshit? I mean, Tony nipped the Matt Hardy stuff in the bud. Tony hasn't let Malachi Black go over the top. But,
1: but that's then it's just, just a bad deal. To... But then you're just paying a lot of money for a guy who's not for a good someone wrestler.
0: someone who's not going to make any difference because he can't do it the only thing that makes Exactly, out. right, right. Because even though we don't like it, it's the only thing that makes this guy stand out is that he's a dumb person's idea of a genius. You take that away and there's like nothing left. So I don't know. Was that like a one night deal just because it was, uh, you know, Brody's hometown? I don't know. Because that's all Dave said. I think it was a tweet. But that was, that's so we can thank Triple H for bringing it. Thank to you, Paul. Any, Anything I'll be honest I,
1: I'm loving the Paul Levesque era of WWE uh, not because I'm watching the shows because I did watch them and I don't really like them that much but I love that he's 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 quarantining I, I think that's a quote that I, I saw Jordan Smith in the note chat room said he's quarantining all the acts I don't want to see on shows that I don't want to watch it's perfect sign carrying cross great the only person that he's signed so far that I'm like damn is Dakota Kai. That's the only person where I'm like, shoot, I'd like to see Dakota Kai in another show. You can have Karrion Kross. You can have Bray Wyatt. The Good Brothers, good, thank you. <laughs> Keep the hits coming, Paul. We'll talk about that later. Paul yeah. is, uh, he's batting a thousand on bringing in guys that I have no fucking interest in ever seeing again. And he's putting them all in shows that I really don't have an interest in watching. So it's it's, well, it's win-win, I'll be honest.
0: He's lucky Create Your Narrative fell apart because he, he had Braun Strowman fall on his lap.
1: So Control your narrative, sir, not create. Uh, whatever. Roll. <laughs> you know. Broad Showman, another great example. Good.
0: <laughs> Hi, exactly. Yeah. 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 Bring them all. You know, collect them all yep. and uh, collect hit row? them all. Like,
1: Perfect. Like Pokemon, great job, man. man. Way to yeah, go. Hit Row. Not that yeah. I was watching Hit Row on anything because I didn't get booked for anything, but you know what I mean? Like, right.
0: it's, you know. Couldn't get booked. But, right. Yeah. Listen, bring them in just in case someone might think about booking them. Right. You know, bring them in, you know, and, uh, you know, <laughs> Man, no, those guys just dropped off the planet. I mean, they don't even. You know? Yeah, did, you know I mean, did you know they're on the SmackDown brand, Rich?
1: I haven't gone. I am, uh, I'm not nuts enough to actually watch SmackDown. I did watch the Raw this week, so we'll, we'll talk. Oh, uh, you
0: did. So, what'd you think of the new improved <laughs> Triple <It character>? H? Sucks. <laughs> am I good. crazy when I say no? It's the same you're not crazy. Joke?
1: I think I'm. So I have now addressed that maybe I am crazy in this, and I, I think I mentioned this. If you recall earlier this year, I think it was Hell in a Cell that. I heard Hell in a Cell was this great show, and I was like, all right, cool. And I watched it, and I felt nothing. I felt no- – I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. The Cody stuff was like, all oh, right, yeah, he's hurting and he's wrestling. I had no feelings about it. And that – I think I even said it on the show. I think that yeah. officially was my moment where it's like, all right, maybe I just emotionally completely have disconnected from this company and can never reconnect again. Like, I, it will just never click again with me. And maybe that's what's happening, because I watched this Raw, and I was just like, this fucking stinks, and I don't well, want to watch this ever again. And I turned it make, off, and you, it was I, done. my
0: reviews all make more sense now? They do,
1: and I'm like, "I am." are we nuts? And I, I'm yeah. now just admitting to the fact that maybe, maybe you and I are just nuts, and this is just not the company for us, and that's fine, and that's okay, it's whatever. I feel like we should be able to say these things suck if we think they suck but people get mad about it no it's good actually it's new and it's improved and I watched it it was the same bullshit that Vince McMahon did just with eight more minutes on the matches cool All right, this is great like I watched the fucking Miz segment and I was like this is a Vince McMahon segment this you know the ball jokes and Dexter Loomis and getting kicked into a cake and I'm like this is the new and improved Uh, thing and there's a a bunch of fake crowd noise and uh, I'm just like what the fuck is all this this still stinks so if this Show is the new stinks. and improved then I'm out and you know what if you enjoy it go on and enjoy it but uh, not for me
0: even the booking goes nowhere um, damage control oh Who's damage
1: a- control oh they need that speaking of damage control total flop Christ.
0: by the way yeah. total flop do you remember the excitement around their return at SummerSlam and oh, it was like oh I? this is yeah we we're like this is new and fresh and EO sky is back and Dakota Kai is back and Bailey's back total flop this is now the third Raw in a row, I think, where the big damage control versus, you know, Bianca or someone from <laughs> Bianca's group has completely sunk a quarter hour, mm-hmm. including the main event two weeks ago when it was Io Sky versus uh, whoever it is she wrestled. Nobody fucking cares. This Triple H, he is – you know, he he he's – there's, there's nothing going on on these shows. <laughs> there's really nothing. Yeah, there's no I mean, it, 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 everyone's running in place. Gargano's doing 50-50. You know, he'll lose to fucking Otis and then beat Gable. Damage Control is a total flop because they're in this endless feud with Bianca and the babyfaces where it, it, it's just the same shit every week. The Bloodline feud has been the same shit for two years. Rich, you're never gonna believe this, but Jay Uso let Roman down again. <laughs> no,
1: I couldn't believe. It. I, saw believe it? I saw a clip. I saw a clip of that, and I, 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 thought it was in a time warp or whatever because it's like, are you part of the family? Or are you not part of the
0: family? Like I
1: thought we yeah. did this already. <laughs> We're doing this again. We're doing that. You're <laughs> not a part. Of, hey, you're not being <laughs> Uso enough. Uso. Yeah. It's like, oh my god. All you right. Get
0: the job done tonight, and then Roman leaves in the limo, and yeah. poor Jay has to get the Wasn't fucking job. Wasn't it Jay
1: before too?
0: I don't fucking
1: know. Or was who, it Jimmy before? I don't, I don't know. Who, I don't
0: know who nobody's bitch and who fucking the other one was. I don't know. Right. Um, but it's the same story over and over. Uh, now with a little sprinkle of Sami Zayn for some comedy relief. Right, right, That's the only difference.
1: Paul's holding a title and quivering as usual.
0: It's the same goddamn story for two and a half years. They have
1: they have left the Marriott lobby though, so they're no longer in the yeah the executive the suite today, of the Marriott of the airport Marriott.
0: With a three-day-old USA Today on the table, <laughs> right. right? Oh, let me check out these baseball standings from last <laughs> right. Thursday, right? <laughs> right, while I wait for my meeting to start. Like, yeah, no. It's uh, – yeah, there's just nothing going on on these shows. Now, now, look, the Judgment Day stuff is hot. The fans love that shit. That shit is over and it's hot. And I guess we'll talk about that when we talk about Extreme Rules. So they really found something there. Other than that, there is nothing going on on these shows. It is just the same shit every week. It's dull. It's uninteresting. I don't know. I'm glad that you finally sat down and, and, and tortured yourself for three hours and watched one of these. Because uh, maybe you would have come on here and you would have said, Joe, this was so much better than I remembered. All these hot angles and great matches and tremendous – pro no. You have the same thought I had. It's all the fucking same shit that we were seeing – if there's some random person who doesn't follow wrestling closely or on the internet and they, you know, were watching six months ago with Vince in charge and then they tuned in this week, they wouldn't notice any striking difference in between these shows. It's the same fucking show. And I'm tired of people lying about it and saying it's some new and improved fucking difference. Not Let's review this stupid pay-per-view so we can move on. Yes, please. Let's let's do that. Fucking so, Christ, I hate this fucking company. So and we're bad. wasting half the show
1: on it. I know, it's so long. And I, I watched Extreme Rules and I had the exact same thought. I was like, yeah, this kind of stinks. I don't really want to watch this anymore. Uh, one match that didn't stink, though. Uh, the good old-fashioned Donny Brooks six-man tag, the Brawling Brutes, uh, defeat Imperium. This is a good little match. I enjoyed this because guys went out, the bell rang, and they just kicked each other's ass for 18 minutes. And that's fun and that's good because I like wrestling. Wrestling is good and I enjoy when good wrestlers <laughs> Wrestle, and that's what this match was. So I enjoyed a lot of this. I thought it was a uh, uh, a solid back and forth, far and away, far, far, far and away the best match on this entire show. Uh, but yeah, it was it was good, and I was like, all right, maybe this is a this is a fun show. I'm into this. But uh, well,
0: a it peaked, early. Tri- peaked early. A good thing Triple H has done is has has been adding Fabian Ackner back to um, Imperium or Giovanni Vinci. Giovanni Vinci, yeah, yeah. They, they haven't reverted a lot of the Vince names back. But because I kind of think that's a corporate trademark kind of deal that they're that they're doing or whatever. But um, have you seen the Gunther Sheamus singles matches? Because I know you don't watch a lot of this
1: uh, stuff. I ha- I watched one of them. I think one of them was it was okay, not the one there was, one, the, there was the, it wasn't the SmackDown one from this past week.
0: Cla- like, then Clash at the Castle you
1: saw Clash me. at the Castle I did see and that rocked. Yeah. that was really really
0: good. The SmackDown one rocked as well. Okay. as did the six man. This is the best stuff going on in WWE right now. Is the uh, brawling brutes and Imperium stuff, without question. I mean, at least for fans that are into the kind of wrestling that we're into, um, th- th- this is the best stuff going on on the show. Especially, it's I really- mean,
1: they were tagging in and out, going nuts, going crazy. They yeah. they used some weapons, you know what I mean, quote unquote, but it really not much. You know, it was like the shillelagh got used or whatever, and that's a good idea because the rest of this entire pay per view was like, you know, let's hit each other with shit uh, matches. But yeah, it was. It, it it I liked that it was just more hard hitting than anything else.
0: I did feel like this match was a little too long. I, I would have preferred this to be a little uh, shorter and tighter. Um, I, you know, as it was moving along, I, I felt like, come on, let's get on with it. This needs to end. Um, the singles matches are way better than that. This, but, but this was, I agree, the the, the best match on this show. Um, well, I mean, it all depends what you think. Well, I, I guess I'll address it when we get there. But, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on.
1: Uh, What was not (laughs) the best match on this night uh, was the SmackDown Women's title Extreme Rules match. Liv Morgan, fresh off of 18 or 19 star-making performances, loses here to Ronda Rousey, loses the SmackDown Women's title, putting an end uh, to this uh, just amazing, amazing title run that we're always going to remember for the rest of time or whatever.
0: So do you think... We're done with this, or is it good? They're going to continue the story of Liv learning how to be vicious and mean, and submissions, and she's going to come back. And
1: I saw some people theorize that she could be Bray Wyatt bound. You know,
0: really? I've seen that. I don't know. Isn't that the Alexa
1: role? That's the Alexa role. I know. Maybe they want a different take on the Alexa role. I don't know.
0: Look, I don't think there's any more juice to squeeze out of Liv Morgan. I, I think she was just a flop. Um. Yeah, we, we don't even need a
1: victory lap on that, by the way. But you, know, you yeah. know, all you need to do is go back to the people that were excited about that, and the people that were saying, "No, no, no, you're wrong. This time it's going to work." And, uh, go back, go look at them. They're the frauds. You know, we don't even need to take the victory lap. We, no we one knew... really
0: defends it anymore. Either. Yeah, it's just yeah, like No, sh-
1: but, but again, all those people—they were ah, that day. Oh no, this is the moment. This is the time. Okay, all right.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. I feel like, um, you know, and Ronda's a giant flop on this oh, run too. Let's not brutal. leave her out of this.
1: She I mean, can't wrestle anymore. She stinks. Has means, no star aura. Means nothing. I can't yep. believe that, like, I forget that she's there sometimes. And it's like, this is Ronda Rousey, one of the most, most important women's athlete of, of, like, the modern era. And she just means nothing to this guy. She's just a regular part of this show that means nothing.
0: I love, uh, I love Ariel Hawani, You know, um, i so confident. Like, did you hear on the Mason interview where he goes – uh, Josh, pay-per-view for pay-per-view. I mean, who's really the hotter company, right? Who's the better company right now? And Nason, who, by the way, is very far from being an AEW fanboy. Let's make that clear. Oh, no, no, He's yeah, not... yeah. And he goes, oh, I don't know. I prefer the AEW shows. <laughs> it totally blew up Hawani's <laughs> spot. Like Hawa... it, it reminded me of the the, the the Tony Khan interview. My my favorite part of the the, the Khan interview was when Hawani, all matter-of-factly, was setting up a question, and he says to Tony, now we all know that the Monday Night War was the greatest era in the history of wrestling. Oh, so like, good. We could all agree on that. And then Tony Khan goes, well, actually, Ariel, if you were to ask me, I'd probably say the 80s. <laughs> right. like, I'd agree... say
1: 1986 Mid-South. Actually.
0: He's like, I wouldn't agree with that at all. And Halani <laughs> right, right. and, and was like totally thrown off Yeah,
1: like It's impossible that anybody could have like, possibly... He's totally
0: one of these guys who just grew up with that Loved it, and that's the pinnacle of wrestling, you know what I mean. But that was twice where his spot got blown up <laughs> in, in a span of a week. <laughs> and again, Josh Nason, the, the, is the, very the, yeah, and, yeah, oh
1: no, Nathan. Josh, yeah, and Josh is fair, Josh is absolutely fair. And I, and and, and full, full disclosure, I've been on Josh's show before, but you know, it's not like I talk to the guy every single day or whatever. Well, that's but I've been not a
0: on, relationship, you were just a guest on, a, yeah, I was just on a guest
1: a on his on show, but like, it, yeah. but like you're saying, like. He he's very critical of both, and the idea is just like eh, I don't know, and like he still matter-of-factly said it. He was like eh, I don't know, I kind of prefer AEW.
0: <laughs> and it was a totally in a way where Ariel was expecting him to say WWE, like it was, you know what I mean. It was not like he wasn't asking; he was. It, Helwani was asking what he thought was a rhetorical question, and he got the total opposite answer. And I just thought it was funny because I'm thinking about that, like this extremes rule shows, like it's it's stunk. Like, but there's people watching this and thinking, like, this is fucking great, and this is a red-hot company. So, I don't know. What what was next on this awful show?
1: I'm on mute. So there we go. All right. I'm back. All right. Uh, so then Ronda Rousey, Liv Morgan. Yeah, it, 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 if you didn't see this, like, it was botched like crazy. It was clunky as fuck, like. And, you know, it ends in a very weird way where they don't want to have Liv tap, so she passes out or whatever. and
0: because yeah, she's learning how to be tough.
1: Yeah, right? and then she smiles, and Corey Graves goes, I think she's smiling. <laughs> I think she's smiling about this. Uh, I did also find it hilarious, too, this match heavily featured people hitting each other with straps. Leading into our strap match next. <laughs> Karrion Cross versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, Paul, thank you so much for putting Karrion Cross on your shows uh, so that i never have to watch him again. Uh, Joe, he still kind of stinks. So, all right.
0: I got to be honest. I don't remember a thing about this.
1: <laughs> they hit each other with straps and then uh, Scarlett got in the ring and sprayed Drew with uh, pepper spray and then Karrion won. So.
0: You know, when... Um,
1: Paul Levesque stuff here. New and improved.
0: When I watch Dynamite or Rampage... And they do like the um, the Matt Hardy, Andrade, um, uh, private party, like that whole story with the the whole meta story with the contract tampering that they're doing with those guys. you know what I'm talking about yeah, on AEW? Yeah. Right, right. My brain just completely turns off because I don't give a single fuck about any of those people or that story. And I don't retain anything that is being shown on the screen. That's the effect Carrie and Cross has on me. When he, like, I don't even remember anything about this match. I just – my brain prey, just turned they off. They
1: each other with straps, pepper spray, the end.
0: Rich, Matt Hardy is wrestling Ethan Page on Rampage. Ugh. I was thinking about this. If you Ugh. took the entire AEW roster and, and made every possible singles match you can possibly make, I really think Matt Hardy, Ethan Page might be like the very last match I'd want to see. In that
1: entire <laughs> yeah, match. I would say the only ones I would put close to it. Ooh, it's good. Something yeah. with
0: Matt Hardy. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, we, oh no, Matt Hardy's in there for sure. Let's I was be just clear thinking, about that. Like point. Michael Nakazawa and Matt Hardy, uh, that might be fun at least for a second. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's Ethan Page versus Matt Hardy. Cause it's, it might it's, be, right? Like, it's going to be like 11 minutes and not that interesting. And they're going to do like side headlocks and stuff. Yeah, no. Because I was thinking it, like Brandon Cutler. But again, Brandon Cutler would bring some comedic element to it. it, it, it and yeah, yeah, it's probably.
0: probably I've right. seen Brandon Cutler have some super fun matches on the YouTube shows. Because he doesn't, they don't. He doesn't take it seriously, and it's, right, right, you know, right.
1: They're fun. They're, he, he's at least have a fun factor to him. Where, where...
0: I don't want to see Matt. I haven't, I haven't wanted to see Matt Hardy wrestle since like two thousand six.
1: <laughs> That's exactly the year I was going to bring up. Damn it, you stole my spot. I was going to say since two thousand six, but no.
0: Ethan Page.
1: <laughs> Apparently, uh, we're being told it's, it's it's Isaiah Cassidy versus Matt Hardy, and not Ethan
0: oh, that, Page. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's Ethan Page versus Isaiah Cassidy. That's my mistake. But it's for. But the contract of Matt Hardy is on the line or something like that. That's why I'm...
1: Yeah, but hopefully we never... Let's just be honest. Hopefully we never get a Matt Hardy versus Ethan Page match.
0: This contract stuff and these two... Oh, my God. I just couldn't care less about it anyway. I... Hopefully Triple H can sign all of those guys. Just get, get the <laughs> yes. whole. Yes,
1: oh yes, bring the Hardy boys back.
0: A Hardy family office and Andrade and uh, everyone except Jose the assistant. I like him. I uh, like Jose too. Yeah, Jose. I like Rose. Jose the assistant. Yeah. And, and I'll Andrade tell you
1: what, Malachi, get them all, man. Get them all. I tell you
0: what, though, that Roosh, he's putting in work. I locker have to locker give him room leader, Roosh. I, I, I'm not gonna go that far, but I have to <laughs> give him credit. Roosh has been a pleasant surprise because I've never been a Roosh guy. And he has been nothing but enjoyable in AEW. Anyway, Extreme Rules. Let's continue
1: on. No, that's, please, yeah, we got to get this done so we can stop talking about it. Um, then we had Bianca Belair versus Bailey. A uh, Raw Women's Title ladder match. Bianca Belair defeating Bailey. Uh, they tried some stuff here, but I don't. I, I thought the connective part. It just kind of was like a series of. I'm over ladder matches. I, I never want to see another latch, ladder match ever in my life ever again. And I, they tried some stuff, but I don't know. It was just kind of like a series of things that would happen related to a ladder. I, I don't know. It's it, Again, I'm emotionally disconnected from this company. I just can't do it. I, I'd love to maybe tell you I like this match. I thought it was perfectly fine, and I think Bianca winning was the right move, but it also makes you wonder what the fuck is going on with damage control if all they do is lose. Uh, but I don't know. Did you retain any thoughts from, from this ladder match?
0: I am a day one Bianca Belair fan. You know that. The listeners know that. I like It's Bailey. I re- You know, I've always been a fan of her work. This It's Bailey thing is just not working. I mean, there's just something missing. Some of it's the booking. Um, but that damage control started off red hot. Even me at SummerSlam, I was like, all right, this is a good idea. This came out of nowhere. Look, oh, at, look this. at the These
1: talent. Great. I mean, it's Bailey yeah. and, and, and Io Shirai and, and Dakota Kai. I mean, that's a good group. That's a really, really cool group.
0: It's the same shit every week. It never goes anywhere, and they it just, just ha-
1: lose. <laughs> they just lose all the time. <laughs> yeah,
0: it just hasn't delivered. No. You know, it's just not good. And Bailey, you know, hasn't been Bailey. So no, I, this match was like it looked like, like. It's 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 one of those weird matches that because it was a ladder match and they did some spectacular bumps, like on the surface it was a good match. But if you watch this match closely, it wasn't a good match. So, here's the other thing too. It's like it's time to get rid of this pay per view. It's just too much match after match of this. Yeah, of, of, of
1: guys hitting each other with shit, and and yeah, I, I agree. Especially when like you don't have that many ideas, you don't know, have that many things you can do. So, like I said, the women's title Extreme Rules match. The main crux of that entire match was them hitting each other with a strap. And the next match is a strap match, so it's like, all right, well, I've I've seen that already. And then the ladder match comes, and they're just trying to like hit each other with weapons and stuff. And you're like, well, I just saw like the extreme. It's just, yeah, it, it's it's way out of date. Nobody needs to see this stuff anymore. Just book good wrestling. Just book wrestling matches that matter and stories that matter. We don't need nobody needs to see people hit each other with shit anymore. We we've seen it. We've been desensitized it uh, to it so much. Just just move on. Find something else.
0: Yeah, it's um uh, it, it, it's it's gotta go. I mean, it's just um. You know, a lot of this stuff, I mean, and I know it's just, everybody knows this. I'm not, this isn't any kind of hot taker, but I mean, a lot of this stuff would mean so much more if they just didn't do it so often. Cause it's, it's not even just this pay-per-view. Every pay-per-view has one or two of these kinds of matches. And then you do a whole pay-per-view full of them. I'm not trying to come off like, you know, um, like one of these guys who just, but, but I don't know. It's just too much to do all of this in one night like this. And it really takes the edge off a lot of these matches. No pun intended for what we're do- talking about next.
1: Yeah. And then <laughs> and then, Finn Balor versus Edge. I quit match. Uh, I predicted that it would go over 30 uh, on our preview that we did last week. It went 29-39. They tried to get real, real quick. Uh, and I just said, for the life of God, I just hope, hope for the love of God, that it's not a ask the guys if they quit After every move, match, and then I watched it. And four seconds in, Edge has you know a a a basic like leg hold on Finn Balor, and the referee goes, "What do you say? What do you say? No!" And it was just like, "Oh my god!" It just immediately was like, "Fuck me!" I got to watch this shit for thirty minutes now, and it was exactly it was just terrible a move would happen. What, what, what do you say edge? Get out of my face. Ah, you know, it's just like, oh my God. And then we all knew the melodrama would involve bath. And then they get the concerto. I, again, if this works for you and you like this good for you, I'm glad, but not me.
0: See, I thought this was way, way, way too long. The whole walk and brawl portion of this match fucking sucked. Typical edge. Boring as shit. Um, <laughs> You know, walk and brawl long nonsense. drawn
1: out, boring. Yep.
0: Sounds Making dumb faces. Right. <laughs> but I thought the finish of this match was excellent and red hot. I mean, the the crowd was on fire for it. Um, you know, it it, you know, and I thought that that part of it was well done. If this were, the problem is this doesn't need to be a half hour long because you could have cut the rest of that egregiously long, you know, walk and brawl portion of the match. Out of this They could have done 7 minutes of that And then just gone to the finish And this could have been a neat and tidy 12 minute package That's what hurt it It almost felt like it was Two different things It almost felt like the finish of the match was the post match But the finish of the match was the finish Because Right
1: right right No I agree I agree It felt like two different parts for sure
0: Yeah And 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 there's no doubt that the Judgment Day stuff Is super over I mean you can't deny that And um I thought the finish of this was really good and hot, and um, you know, this is why I say, I'm not sure if you'd call the opener. Sounds like you didn't like this very much. But no, I here. I hate
1: it. I, the opener for sure. Blues.
0: I'm not sure if I would call the opener this the best match, because I thought this peaked way higher with the finish, but 75% of this fucking sucked.
1: Yeah, I can't call it a good match when, when when I had to sit there and watch 25 minutes of Finn Balor having an arm on Edge and go, what do you say, Edge? What do you say? No. It's just like, oh, yeah. God. Go away. But I agree. The last, like, five to six minutes, I mean, the, the Judgment Day stuff is super over. Dominic- What's Beth got involved? What it was, was that? Really good. Yeah, and, it yeah. Oh, the Beth off. stuff was was good. Dominic beating up Ray is, is is actually kind of interesting. I I know you don't care about Dominic, you never will, but you know it's the, the the closest he's gotten to actually doing something with a pulse or whatever. But yeah, it's just yeah, I can't say it was a good match when 25 minutes of it sucked.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that was the issue here, but it was a red hot. You know, I keep wanting to say angle, but it was the finish of the match. Yeah, right, right.
1: And then finally, mercifully, the fight pit match here. Uh, <laughs> I, I had to, I was howling with laughter when they bring out special referee Daniel Cormier, and I'm thinking, okay, okay, I know who Daniel Cormier is. You know who Daniel Cormier is. If you had no idea who this guy was, you had no rec- even if you tangentially are aware of UFC, but didn't know this guy. He comes out, and he looks like. He- I saw some people equating uh, him to to, to to Carl Winslow
0: from Family Yeah, Addict. yeah,
1: yeah. He lo- To me, he looked like Mark Curry from Hanging with Mr. Cooper. You know what I mean? Just yeah, a he... few extra pounds in, it's just like, like a, a guy that looks like someone's yeah. uncle comes out. And you're like, all right, yeah.
0: cool. Like, who's I'm this like guy? That good. sounds good. Like, the thing about Cormier is he was never like a physical specimen.
1: Right. Well, I would the whoever told him he had to tuck the referee shirt into his pants, bad move. Yeah, bad move. Because then he just came out and looked like a guy. Like, so you took Daniel Cormier was 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 what he was because he, he he could kick, kick ass. He would win matches. He would do
0: arguably the best heavyweight in the world but, for a period right. of time.
1: But if you if he comes in and he walks in with his like little belly hanging out and his tucked in referee shirt, and you don't know who he is, you're like, who the fuck's this guy? Like like this is the guy. And and it was just so funny because they're like, oh, one of the legends of UFC, and it's I'm thinking somebody at home is watching this guy going like, ah, oh, that guy, okay. It's a legend of UFC is this like fat guy that's just like, all right, here we go. And then just like throughout the match, it was just kind of a guy. You know what I mean? He was just like, one, two. <laughs> it didn't do anything. It was just kind of there for the ride. So it's like, all right, cool. Well, great. Glad he's in this. Uh, and then they went and had not that good of a fight pit match, which was really disappointing because I thought these guys would go out there and just absolutely kill it.
0: Well, because Seth Rollins is a fucking goober who doesn't know how to work to the step. Like, go back and watch the Thatcher Riddle fight pit. Who was the other one? Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, I
1: think. yes. Yeah. Let me let me so, confirm that. I, I think you're right though.
0: Yeah, that's how you work to this stipulation. Seth Rollins worked this like it was just some fucking cage match. Yeah, he or he.
1: Well, no, even worse than that, he would do a move and then like go and be like, "Yeah, that's right," and go. Yeah, and it's like, it, all right, it, this is a fight, man. Let's go. Like. If you're going to do ass. the fight
0: pit match, do a fucking fight pit yeah.
1: match. He's doing like a Monday Night Raw, you know, do a move, look at the crowd and go, that's
0: right, that's right. <laughs> you know, it's just that
1: same. It, it, he didn't work it any different than he'd work a normal match. It just so yeah, happened so to so be a, a fight
0: pit. nothing match. Right. And it, it wasn't any good. It was just, you know, and, and it had the dynamic finish with the fucking senton off of the fucking platform. It looked like it you know. hurt like
1: fucking hell, man. Good God.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, so that. Was and then and then Rollins sold it on Raw with the taped up ribs and everything. Um, you know, but yeah, the match wasn't the match sucked, it just wasn't any good. This show sucked, the show wasn't any good. Yeah, and then
1: the show wrapped up, and I was like, well, (laughs) that was that. So, uh, all right,
0: but I guess to play devil's advocate, if you're really into Bray and you're really into the Judgment Day finish, and I, I I still don't think it's a good show, because the rest it of it...
1: It like... wasn't that good. I mean, so the opener was good. Rousey and Liv Morgan sucked. Cross and Drew McIntyre was just there. Bianca and Bailey. I guess if you, if your mileage varies on that, I could definitely see how you might, you know... Whatever. I'm sure
0: there's people who liked
1: it. Yeah, I'm sure there's people that loved it. Balor and Edge, again, I'm sure it depends where you are on that stuff, but I think there's probably. Let's a lot give
0: of- them that one. Let's say that people fucking yeah. love that. Let's yeah. say
1: that. I don't know how you could say that you liked Riddle Rollins. Like, I, I, no. I honestly do not believe that anybody could truly say with a straight face that they thought that was a spectacular match or a good match. No, and
0: this was a feud built up with super vitriol and hate, and it didn't, yes. re- didn't work it that way.
1: Right. So you had, at, okay, at best, we're going to give them, what, three good matches on the show for my the four angle. hours of time and then a Bray angle.
0: And the Bray fucking sniffing my own socks bullshit. Yeah. That that was, that's the show. All right. Well, I mean, maybe this shit's just not for us. Well, not maybe. It's not for us. It's just not for us. Yeah. I mean, because I don't get it, Rich. I'm Tom Hanks and Big with the fucking robot that turns into a building. (laughs) The fucking robot that turns into a skyscraper. I don't get it. Okay. I don't know.
1: There you go. That's. That's World Wrestling Entertainment. It's Extreme Rules, so uh, yeah, great. Well, hopefully you we'll have. To and fight how that dare
0: you? And how fucking dare you? Daniel Cormier is a Strike Force legend.
1: They said, the "Hey, Corey Graves said UFC." Why?
0: not well, yeah, he's yeah. not gonna say Strike
1: Force. <laughs> he should. Strike Force rocked. Yeah, that was the only. If it's the only MMA promotion other than like Pride or whatever, because Pride was hilarious and fun or whatever. But like, I got into Strike Force for some reason for like. Two months, and I don't know why. I
0: loved Strike
1: Force. Something about Strike Force just because I, what was it? I I remember you and me discussing it. This before the show, because this was even before we were doing the show, or maybe it was while we were, for some reason, I just got like into Strike Force for like three months and then just completely went away.
0: Dude, I went to Strike Force shows. Like, I I loved Strike Force.
1: I don't remember Uh, why, though. It was, was it just a little bit more.
0: Just the presentation, I guess. I don't know. It was on Showtime, and it was like. I, I don't have an answer for.
1: I think it, it was a little it more was... gritty. I I think because I, I was like like I I used to really really like like I loved like 1993 UFC like those early days. I would always rent the videos from like my video store and it was always like hey here's a fat guy but he's good at judo against a karate guy. And I'm like sweet all right. And it's like these unregulated weird fights with these and then like I liked that but then once it got technical I was like ah, I don't really care about this. This isn't that fun to me. I think
0: strike Strikeforce was like they were booking people like Kung Lee. And um, and, they still and, had freak
1: shows. It was kind of still a freak show, right?
0: Sort of, like not full on freak. It
1: shows. wasn't, yeah, no, no, it wasn't like 1994 UFC, but it was, it was freak show ish.
0: You know, but they did book interesting people, and it was kind of like you know, uh, uh, um, Cormier was kind of like their great hope of okay, we've got the best heavyweight in the yeah, world. Yeah, like yeah. If he, if he were only in UFC, he could prove it. You know, and he went to UFC and had a very, you know. He had an excellent career. He just he couldn't beat you know John Jones, but you know he had a he had a great career in UFC. But you know strike Force had like Josh Barnett and Cormier and Kung Lee and and Gina Carano and and um, and all these people. Did they have Carano or was she elite XC? She uh,
1: you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah.
0: Um, Rondo was yeah, Ronda I,
1: came I, up through Strikeforce, right?
0: Yeah. That may yeah, have been yeah, when I, want... I
1: started watching. To be honest, yeah.
0: I when I lost interest in MMA is when UFC monopolized everything. I, I thought MMA was more interesting when there were multiple promotions um, you know, having uh big time fights. Yeah, Corano was mostly elite X C, but she did have a couple of strike force fights in the mix.
1: I also uh, think Scott Coker was just a way cooler dude than Dana White. <laughs> like Scott Coker was awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean Coker, see, because he, he would he would be more willing to make like you're saying, not 100% freak show shit like you saw in Japan, but stuff that was interesting that UFC would never book. Yeah, right, right. You know, but um, but anyway, that was uh, fucking extreme rules. I don't know anymore. Um, let me see what the fucking cage match. Oh, don't even thinks. look at
1: that anymore. We're no, big... you know
0: what? That's, that's settling, you know. That's not for Is a it? while there. Okay, so what was happening was I think uh, Tony Khan had mentioned – AEW's cage match ratings and the hardcore wwe fans took notice of that and for a while there they were really i don't want to say astroturfing because it, i really don't think it was astroturfing i don't think it was dishonest i just no, think it was it
1: more it, mobilizing mobilizing yes. the positivity
0: exactly they were they 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 were you know coming in and 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 i think brandon thurston putting out some cage match tweets riled up the WWE fans a little too, because like Roman Reigns wasn't popping up on lists of guys with four star Matt with the most four star matches and things like that. So for a couple of weeks there, the WWE fans mobilized, like you're saying, and you know, we're just totally overrating, like, mo- like given Monday night, there were Monday night Raws with scores that were matching, like the best wrestle kingdoms. It was just getting completely out of hand. Um, But it has settled. Extreme Rules is sitting at 7.59. This past Monday's Raw is sitting at 7.62. We're not seeing these shows over 9 anymore, which is where they were sitting. Which is crazy, because you're telling me that some random Monday Night Raw is just (laughs) as good... It's one of the
1: greatest wrestling shows of all time, yeah.
0: Right, which is total bullshit. None of these Raws have been that good. But it seems as though either these people have lost interest in inflating these ratings or why well, I noticed what cage match was doing this past week. They weren't putting the shows up in real time. They were putting the shows up on like a 12 hour. Ah,
1: to let that. Yeah. Let, let it cool down a little bit. Cause I, I did notice I was, I looked, if you go and look at like extreme rules and you look at the cage match ratings, like the first 25 ratings are all like nines and tens or whatever. And then it kind of eases up a little bit, and then it's like normal ratings. And so the rest, of the, the rest of the time, even up until a couple, di- you know, hours ago, people are right. still giving like normalish. Rate. But right when it loads up, there was like twenty-five reviews, and they were, you know, ninety percent of them were ten out of tens with no comments.
0: Yeah, so or I generic think- like "great show." You know what I mean? That was it. So, so I think Cage Match realized that it was as soon as Raw would end, they'd all jump in and rate it. So by putting a little delay on there. People just forget about. It. They move on with whatever they're doing the next day, and they maybe they're not as apt in the mo as they would be in the moment to come rate something. And I, I again, I don't think it was necessarily dishonest reviews. It was just people who really love WWE. Right, Want, wanting
1: sure... wanting more representation for the thing that they love. That
0: yeah, and you know, were they bumping up their rating a point or two? Probably, but when you look at the history of of these people's votes. You know, it, it wasn't anything that was super unusual. It wasn't like these were all new accounts that were just given out tens blindly, you know. So, you know, the, the only thing I could say is, look, I think things like cage match and grapple and Dave's ratings are important for historical purposes. I think it's important that 50 years from now, somebody can, you know, look on cage match or grab an old observer and say, oh, OK, this this Nathan Fraser axiom match from NXT was pretty good. Maybe it's worth checking out. I think these things matter and they're important for historical records and all those things. And maybe I'm the dork for believing that. So I've been more active. All I can tell people is be more active on Cage Match and Grapple and give things honest ratings. Don't go in there and give everything a zero to counteract the goofballs given random Monday Night Raw's 10s Oh, no, just go in there and give every gift thing honest ratings and contribute.
1: Yeah, contributing—that's that, the best way to do it. Yeah, uh, grapple, cage match, all those things. I'm with you. I think they're of of, of tremendous historical uh, uh, purpose, and and. I use them frequently in in our Patreon series. Like I'll go back and say, okay, this Halloween Havoc got you know this rating, this this match got this rating on Cage Match. I think it's important to have that. It's important to look back on that. It's important to to do those. And we've done you know on this website, we've done studies and like you said, Brandon Thurston, WrestleNomics does studies and 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 catalogs that stuff. So yeah, don't don't just decide, oh well, now they've taken it over, so I'm gonna let it go or fuck this, you know that site's stupid now or worse yet, like you said, give all zeros to try to counteract that. No, just just do your thing. They'll get bored of it
0: eventually. Give honest ratings and and these people. Get bored, and 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 even if they don't, at least if everyone's contributing their opinions, we get closer to you know what's a what's a fair consensus on these shows and these matches. I've been more active on cage match, um, in particular with the WWE stuff, uh, just because I, I, I I'm the dummy who feels like this stuff is important and it matters to me. So you know uh, that's all I could say, but I can say that it has been, it peaked like two weeks ago with the ridiculous ratings, and if you look now they really have been coming back down the earth, you know, and, and, and it takes a day or two sometimes, but, um, we're not seeing these egregiously high. We're not like, there's no raws now that are sitting over nine anymore, you know, because I think other people like minded with us are thinking, Oh, come on, we have to help balance this out. You know, this, this, you know, perfectly mediocre raw, I'm going to go in there and give it the five it deserves. And, you know, hopefully it'll help, um, balance things a little bit. So, um, And look, WWE is hardly the only company that's experienced this sort of thing on Cage Match and other places. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joshi fans can be the same way. Mm
1: -hmm. Chikara Um, fans. If you go back into the history of Cage Match, there's a lot of Chikara matches that I'm like, was that really a nine? (laughs) Was that really like a a match that should be at a 9.17, one of the greatest matches of all time? And like, I've gone back and watched some of them and been like, no, that, that," you know, because I'll do these series and there's something potentially coming up for Patreon where you know, I'm gonna look at, you know, best cage match matches of all time. And like I've I've looked at a few of them and I've watched some of them and I take notes and a few of them are like, you know, there was one like Chikar match that I was like, Whoa, okay, I don't really remember this match being that good. And then I watched it and I was like, No, this match is not that good. <laughs> like, why is this thing so high? And yeah, it, it like you said, Joshi does the same thing. Well, AEW fans have done the same thing too. I mean go 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 look at
0: ratings. Rabbit fans of any style or yeah. promotion um, you know, we'll get into that, you know, that, you know, and that and that's why, you know, I think cage match does something that's good. They'll give you the average rating that whatever it is, your rating gets each year. So like what you're talking about, all right, some match in 2006, or I guess they didn't exist in 2006, but you get the idea. Some match in 2011, let's say that in real time. You know, had an average score of eight, and then maybe it doesn't hold up. And people who watch it in 2020, you can see the average rating that people are giving it in 2020 versus the average rating people gave it in 2011, and that has value too, in terms of what holds up and what doesn't, what stands the test of time and what doesn't. You know, so anyway, I don't want to get on a whole cage match thing, but I, I I do think that that has kind of been leveling off for these recent WWE shows. The NXT the other night is sitting at a 6.44, so. Uh, we're we're seeing the fair ratings return uh, for that company.
1: All right, uh, let's get to some other topics here. Uh, before we do that, though, I do want to let you know about our Patreons. we have no other ads this week, so we are going to let you know about flagshippatreon.com. Patreon.com. Patreon.com. Slash Voices of Wrestling, Voicesofwrestling.com slash Patreon. However, you want to do that, uh, Joe. Because of your uh, your 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 throat issues, your vocal cord issues, uh, you've been doing written Dynamite reviews, getting some rave reviews uh, for those as well. So uh, Thursday tier reviews, the audio, uh, the Thursday Dynamite reviews are coming back this week. As you said, it'll be kind of business as usual moving forward. Uh, but uh, yeah, the written reviews, really really good stuff there. Those are available uh, right now at uh, FlagshipPatron.com. Like you said, I have the so those written oh, reviews, go ahead, go by ahead. the way.
0: Even though they're written content, I did put those on the five dollar tier because the Thursday dynamite review is normally, normally five, $5 content. dollar content. Right. So, yeah. So I didn't I didn't feel it would be fair for people who are on the five dollar tier because they like the dynamite review to have to pay five extra dollars just because they they're written. So that is written content. The 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 last two weeks of dynamite reviews that is on the five dollar tier. So you don't have to have but the rest of the written content that Rich and I do that, you can find on the $10
1: tier. Yep, and uh, speaking of written content, you've been doing review roulettes uh, every week where you take a few shows, throw them in there, they go okay, I'm going to do MLW, I'm going to do Raw, I'm going to do SmackDown NXT, yada yada, all that sort of stuff, and uh, this past week, uh, you did Raw, which maybe for the last time, and NXT, uh, the new NXT, not 2.0 yellow and gold back here, but they're, they're black and yellow, golden, whatever the hell, uh, the colors they're using these days, uh, but that is available there as well, uh, written reviews, again, like you said, those are on the $10 tier, like you said, most of the other written content Uh, I do some uh, some some content here and there uh, written wise as well have not done anything in the last week or so because I've been busy uh, with Halloween Havoc happenings it's my uh, recap of past Halloween Havoc main events we started in 1989 and we're gonna go all the way into the year 2000 so I got notes for a lot of those Uh, write-ups about a lot of those already but we are moving forward I just released 1990 Uh, that is Sting versus Sid 1991 we're gonna get Lex Luger and Ron Simmons in a two out of three falls match uh, 92 and 93 we're going to have a little bit of fun because I've already done the uh, spin the wheel make the deal matches before uh, so we're going to throw those into a randomizer and and, and uh, find some random uh, match from those two shows and then things are going to get real wild uh, 94 you got Flair versus Hogan you know t- t- title versus career. Uh, then in 1995, you got the monster truck death match. It, 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 things get wild here uh, in, in a bit, but uh, yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. Basically, instead of just, we don't just recap the main event. We also talk about the the history of the wrestlers involved, uh, what's going on at WCW at the time, and, and WCW always has. Uh, some good dirt going on at, at, at pretty much all times <laughs> throughout uh, their history. So uh, it's been a lot of fun to do. Uh, also, my ongoing Goldberg series. You'll get a new episode this month as well. Goldberg 173 and one. Uh, based on that series, we're going month by month with every single uh, uh, match and moment uh, of Goldberg's 1998. So we'll talk about the uh, October of 1998 for Goldberg, which is uh, better than September, but uh, has its its issues as well. As he, you know, is going to go to Halloween Havoc and and face DDP and. All the stuff that's going to happen with that. If you know the story, you know it. If you don't, well, you're going to enjoy it on uh, Goldberg 173 and 1. But that is available there. Uh, match of the week uh, as well. Your weekly uh, uh, you know, match of the week that you do uh, this week was Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan and Bam Bam Bigelow. And if you don't know about match of the week, it's not just you giving a link to a match, which you do. But it's also you doing a write-up about why this match is important, what significance it has. Uh, you know, t- Different stuff like that. The background of the wrestlers involved. The background of the, the match itself. So it's really, really fun. And that's probably one of my favorite things that we do there. Just a a great history lesson uh, for people that are subscribers. So you got that. uh, And everything else we do, all of our archives available at FlagshipPatreon.com. Start as as low as $1 for the trial tier. Uh, $5 gets you all of our audio. And then $10 gives you these live flagships so you can listen live to this. Join the NoDopes chat room. It also gets you all of our written content. And everything we've ever done uh, is available there at the $10 tier. But uh, the biggest news I would say more than anything, though, I talked about it a little bit last week, but Joe, you have not had the opportunity to talk about it. Anniversary billing. We have been dying and hoping and praying that this would come at some point, and it finally did. And what that means is that you don't have to worry. We are not going to have to do this segment where we say, dopes, don't subscribe now, subscribe next week. Because it's the end of the month, and you're going to pay $10 now, and then in two days you're going to have to pay $10 again. You're never going to have to do that again. Whenever you subscribe to FlagshipPatreon.com, That is when you get billed. So if you subscribe on the 13th, if you subscribe today and go, hey, this is pretty interesting. I want to be a part of this flagship Patreon. Good idea. Smart. Um, Then you get charged on the 13th every single month. So November 13th, that's when you get charged. December 13th, that's when you're going to get charged. Before Patreon would charge you on the 1st, that was bad. That was stupid. It would cause weird issues where people would subscribe on the 29th and then get charged $10 on the 29th and then $10 on the 1st again. You never have to worry about that ever again. When you subscribe is when you get billed. And that is how they're going moving forward. And we immediately, when that was available to us, turned that on because you guys have been asking for it and, and we have been asking for it as well. So we were more than happy to turn on anniversary billing, but it just makes everyone's lives just so much easier. We don't have to do the segments about don't subscribe. You can subscribe with confidence whenever you want because you're not going to be missing out on anything. You're going to get the full month for your $10 or your $5, no matter what, which is just great. And we're so glad that it's available now.
0: Yeah. So if you see a piece of content behind the paywall that you're interested in, you don't have to look at the calendar and go, "Ah, eh, it's 23rd. I'm going to wait. And then, no, just just do it. And then uh, you're not going to charged. We would tell you to wait. Minutes.
1: That's the worst part is we had to do those segments where we would say, "Ah, yeah. eh, if you want to give us money, just wait five days. We don't have to do that anymore. If you like something, just subscribe. There's no pressure yeah. anymore.
0: Yeah. Pop in and out and um, you don't have to worry about uh, getting overcharged. You're only going to get charged once every, I guess, 30 or 31 days or whatever it is, depending on the month. So um uh definitely uh something that we've been waiting for, and we think it's uh it's better for everybody. So
1: there you go. All right, so that is FlagshipPatreon.com patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, uh voices of slash Patreon All right, let's get into New Japan pro wrestling. So quickly we'll talk about uh the declaration of power show. I watched all of it. I believe you watched all of it as well. Uh what do you think? I thought it was a pretty good New Japan show, uh up
0: top to bottom. <sighs> Yeah. Um Yeah, it was all right. I don't know. Um I don't know. I didn't I didn't love the main event. So
1: It was that, long. It was long.
0: Yeah, I mean the main event did nothing for me. Um the the Shingo Fantasmo post match was a fucking that's, that's not what I want out of my new Japan.
1: I, <laughs> no, well, that was a lot,
0: yeah. Fantasmo's an entertaining guy. Okay, he really is. And I think he's going to be a pretty significant star in this company as a heavyweight. I do. Um, you know, if WWE or AEW doesn't pluck him away, because I tell you, I would sign that guy. Oh, for sure. But um, I can do without that on my New Japan. I, If I want to watch that shit, I'll watch Raw and watch The Miz. I, I really have no use for it. Um. It was an eventful show. A lot of stuff happened. A
1: lot of stuff did happen. It felt kind of like a, a. The reason I liked it, it felt like a bit of a reset show. Of like, all right, all right, all right. Now we're. This is the fall. This is now going into and and really kind of setting the stage for Wrestle Kingdom, getting that stuff ready, uh, and getting everybody aligned and ready to go for you know World Tag League and 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 the Junior Tag League. But then also, yeah, getting stuff ready for Wrestle Kingdom. So that's I think why I liked it the most is maybe the work itself. Maybe the the bell to bell wasn't like great, but I thought it was eventful enough. And it felt like, all right, now there, there's like a clear direction that they have for the next couple of months, and this is the beginning of that direction. So so I enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, no, th- it was eventful, and there were a lot of angles and things like that. Some landed, some didn't. Um, anyway, why don't we just go through the show? I mean, it's- yeah,
1: well, we'll start with the main event, which I'm with you. I did not love it. It's, it's the thing with Jay White where, like, I really like Jay White. And I think he's talented as fuck, but, like, sometimes he just goes out there and, like, similar to Edge. It's like, all right, dude, you don't always have to go thirty two minutes and, 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 and do these same style of matches and the same things. Like the best Jay White matches to me are the ones where it's just like bang, bang, bang. You know, what I mean there's there's a lot of action, it's quick, and you don't know when it's gonna end because he could hit that, you know, he could hit the move out of nowhere, he could beat you in out of nowhere, all that sort of stuff. And they try to Promote that in the announcing, and, and, and I like, I appreciate that. Kevin Kelly saying, you know, the, the best part about a Jay White match is you never know when it's going to end, and it's like, I do. It was 10 minutes in, and I knew it wasn't going to end for another 20 minutes. Like, I knew it was going to go 30 minutes, and it did, so it's like, no, I agree that one of the coolest parts about Jay White is how quickly his matches can end and how he can hit a move out of nowhere, but he tends to not do that as much, especially in these main events, world title matches, all that sort of stuff, so... Uh, I don't know. It just it, it, it just never ended, and and I like I like Tomatonga. I think the build has been pretty good for this, but Clap Crowd thirty one minute main event. It's gonna be hard to get really excited.
0: Yeah, yeah. The match did nothing for me. You know, Tomatonga had less than zero percent chance of winning, which didn't help.
1: Yeah, there was a one near fall. I want to say like to- way towards the end of the match where I was like, well, you know what I mean? Like that little bit of like ah, and then I knew, I was like, wait, wait, no, no of course Tomatonga's not winning this match. So. I think that definitely hurt it. I think the crowd knew goddamn well that Tomatonga wasn't winning this match. Yeah. Uh, The semi-main, though. I hope you had to have liked the semi-main event. If you didn't like this, I got to get your head checked. Uh, Okada versus Jonah. uh, 20 minutes. worked just, to me great big man versus little guy match recreated a lot of the you know the enoki vader stuff uh from years past a lot of like enoki spots you know when he would face you know giants and big guys or whatever i thought this was great i thought it was one of jonah's best matches ever and i think okada is just he's fucking okada he's just tremendous so uh you have to have liked this match if you didn't like this i i don't know what to tell you
0: this this was a hat tip to Anoki. you know yeah. they, they did the enoki stuff at the beginning of the show and uh the tribute and all that and and Okada did the Anoki pose After he won the match And Is Josh Fields, nope Bears, Rich, are you into these Bears Right now? I am not
1: into the Bears Josh Fields is a former MLB player for the uh, Chicago White Sox, you're talking about Justin Fields, I believe
0: Justin Fields, yeah
1: No, I'm Uh, not into the Bears, why why would I be in the Bears?
0: It's 12-7 Sounds awesome, yeah, sounds great 40 seconds left, Bears are inside the 5 Down 12-7, obviously and uh, Fields is running for his life on every snap, which gotcha. has been every Bears game since the <laughs> beginning of the season. Um, no, I don't no, watch so,
1: the Bears anymore. I don't.
0: Well, I'll keep you updated because I know you're big. No,
1: I, I no, you're good.
0: You're no, good. don't worry. I'll let you know what happens. Oh, okay, thanks. So, yeah. Okada, you know he did the Anoki pose uh, at the end of the match, and it was really like you said, it was it was.
1: They did the octopus <laughs> and stuff. They did the German mm-hmm. suplex spot. They did a lot of callback spots
0: even more so than the tribute spots it was just it it, it was very reminiscent of an Anoki match where it was uh you know the babyface uh ace of the promotion having to overcome this monster and how is he gonna do it and anoki always would and okada did here so um it was very much to me a hat tip of a classic antonio Anoki match against some big foreign invader that's what it felt like to yeah. me and It was uh, the best match on the show, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Jonah. We'll see if they lose him to Triple H. Uh, It seems like they want TMDK to be a thing. You know, the whole gang's there. I'm sure Mad Mikey Nichols isn't far behind. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I hope Jonah sticks around, though. I think he's been a great fit. I think he fills a hole for them that... um, bad luck Fale has been ceasing to fill for a long time because he's just you know overweight and lazy uh so i don't know we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens here i don't know his contract status whether he'll stick around whether he won't but um he's had a very good run here if, if this is it and he does go back to america um you know he had a nice run he did you know yeah in, between the g1 and all this and Sometimes that's okay just to come in for a few months and have a run and then move on to the next day. In
1: almost any other era of wrestling history, we'd look back and be like, ah, fun little run here. He was here for, you know, eight months or whatever, had some good stuff and got to the point where he faced the, you know, the the big dude, the, the the top of the guy in the company. And the top guy in the company beat him, and they bowed, and then he went away. And it's like, all right, that's fine. Yeah, and any but people freak out now about, oh, this guy's leaving or that guy's. But like, yeah, this stuff is stuff was fine. Like in the old days, you you know, all right, we need you for this amount of months, and then you're going to lose to no cut at the end. And, okay, cool. Well, you know, go yeah. to the pay window, and <laughs> who cares? But yeah, it's it's I, if it is the end, yeah, yeah, it was a fun little run. But I, I do hope he kind of hangs around a little bit because I think there there is some real potential. I think for for him to be a a player. Uh, quit the. Uh, Shiko Takagi, El Phantasmo, the who's your daddy match. Uh, I was worried that the whole match was going to be like really weird and stuff. And it was basically just a normal wrestling match uh, between these two. You know, Fantasmo kind of trolling a little bit throughout the match or whatever.
0: I thought it was going to be like an I quit match. That's
1: exactly I to... what I was worried about. I thought and I mentioned that on the preview last week is I was like, oh, my God they're going to have the the referee stick a microphone in El Fantasmo and say, is he your daddy? And go, no! And I was like, no, God. I don't want to do that again, especially if I have to watch another I Quit match. But thankfully, it was just a wrestling match. Shingo beat Fantasmo, and then Fantasmo had to say, who's your daddy? But like you said, excruciatingly long post-match where it's like, he was like, you're my daddy. And then they're like, no, say it louder. And then he had to say, who's my daddy? And then he had to do it in Japanese. And then they gave him a pacifier. And it was like, all right, all right, all
0: right. <laughs> the... The the post match stuff was just it went on forever. It, it never was ended. Tolerably long. It was just not. Um, was just yeah. The poor announcers
1: I, had to do like the fake laugh, WWE fake laugh thing, where you know the he puts on the pacifier and they have to go. <laughs> yeah,
0: just terrible.
1: <laughs> Nobody's uh, actually laughing. It's not actually funny, but
0: yeah. Um, Bears lost by the way. Oh so. darn. Well. He, he bobbled it, Mooney bobbled it At the goal line on fourth down But by the time he had control of the ball He was no longer in the end zone And it appears as though the referees have made have
1: <laughs> What a Bears way to lose, perfect Yeah, awesome.
0: yeah I mean Fields made the throw And, <laughs> yeah. and he, he bobbled it Right at the goal line, if he would have held on it be a touchdown He bo- He was bobbling the ball, the defender Pushed him out of the end zone, by the time he had control Of the ball, he was on the Half yard line, yeah. so but the, Washington has to do a real play here because they're on the half yard line. Sneak is that a safety? No, I think he got out of the end zone, and that'll <laughs> do it. Thank you for
1: the play-by-play of the yeah, game. Did
0: there. he get out of? Did Wentz get out of the end zone? He did, and that's going to be it. The Bears oh, have two timeouts, man. So the Bears dropped to two and four. The Commanders improved to two and four. And uh, <laughs> what a barn
1: burner on Thursday night! Oh, poor Al and Al the Michaels. Commanders
0: win it twelve seven. We all knew it was going to be ugly.
1: Is Al surviving um, this year or is he going to drink Al, himself
0: to death? <laughs> Al, Michaels, Al Michaels is going to have a stiff drink after this one because uh, I watched this whole game as we were doing the show. It was not well played, as you as you would surmise. Um, this wasn't exactly, you know, this wasn't... Oh, uh, the Carson
1: Wentz-Justin Fields matchup that we were all waiting for didn't deliver?
0: Yeah, this wasn't the steel curtain versus the purple people eaters twelve seven. This was. Uh... <laughs> right,
1: it's not eighty five bears. You know, like yeah. wasn't. Uh, you know, holding the. Right,
0: this wasn't the eight. This wasn't the eighty five bears versus the Lawrence Taylor Giants, where it was phenomenal defense. This was. Pat <laughs> offense. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but. Uh, the guy who can't uh,
1: throw versus the guy who just doesn't really try to throw. Yeah,
0: a tough one for the Bears. Fields is very disappointed. They deserve to lose with these ugly orange jerseys and helmets, though. I can tell you that. Well, and uh, uh,
1: Seth freaking Rollins is there, too, so they definitely deserve to lose.
0: He's a, he's a fan? Oh, yeah, he's from uh, he there It was him
1: and Becky were there. I can't believe he subjected Becky to Thursday night Bears football. But
0: Yeah, just a, a terrible game. Um, They're
1: yeah, in the city of Chicago, know. and he makes her go to Soldier Field to watch the fucking Bears and the Commanders. Man, all right, well. There you go. Alright, so let's get through this uh, declaration of power real quick, because we're uh, running low on time here uh, with the show. Uh, Master Watto versus Taiji Ishimori. I have very few thoughts about this. Fine.
0: Well, Watto's getting a better.
1: St- I, I think he's getting better, but, you know.
0: They told a little story here. It wasn't a title match, and Watto had to kind of prove himself against the champion, so he's going to get a title match. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: which is a good story. I like that, and there, I, I like the idea that he just doesn't immediately get that title match because Kushida can't do it. It by the way, poor Kushida, man. Jesus Christ, this guy—he's not even in the. They don't even have him planned for Russell Kingdom anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, with that hoof and mouth disease. Yeah, good lord, God. Well, then all the other juniors came out, so I don't know what's happening. Like maybe Watos not getting a—he's maybe he's gonna well. Be I think some he is
1: getting one, but. Well, you're right, because they already announced what the match is going to be. So, I, yeah, maybe he isn't getting one. Oh, did they? Uh, yeah, I believe it's official. I, I, As far as I know on New Japan's website, uh, Taiji Ishimori, Hiromu, Desperado, and Wato are the... Well, okay, uh, he's one of four guys getting a title shot, but...
0: So they're doing the four-way at Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. See, I don't like that.
1: Well, yeah, you don't like it three months ahead of time with, with
0: the ample opportunities to have title matches? Yeah, between? I don't understand why, number one.
1: Why are we rushing? What's the rush? You got all time. You're good.
0: Why would you lock this in already? Yeah, I don't know. Number two, why are we doing a four-way? You know I hate that. Just do Taiji and vs. versus Master Watto on fucking Destruction and Bipu or whatever, and or on the next tour, whatever the fuck beat that scrub and finish up that story, right? And then just come up with a contender between now and Wrestle Kingdom and do a one-on-one match. You know, I I don't like the four-way.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have have at least three or four opportunities to have a title match on those shows Yeah, that leads to an idea, okay, clear, this guy has defeated all these guys, now he has to face this guy as the last person in the line or whatever. Or somebody just emerges, I don't know. It's, It's very strange that they lock that in already. I understand why you lock in the World Heavyweight title match, With Jay White and Okada, that makes all the sense in the world. But there's no reason to lock in the junior heavyweight title in early October. Like, what are you doing? You got a lot of time to go, guys. But
0: uh, Yeah, not a fan of any of this. That's
1: very strange. Um, Then on the show, we had... uh, Real quickly, I'm going to go over the rest of these real fast. Uh, LIJ uh, defeating the United Empire. Um, Obviously building up to the Naito. uh, Will Ospreay that we're going to talk about here in a moment at Battle Autumn. Uh, any thoughts on that, anything that stood out to
0: you in that match? Yeah, the, the Teton angle, which I think is oh, still has Oh, of course. High. Yeah, Teton. Can he get to it already? I mean, <laughs> Take it off. Jeez, <laughs> the, the guy's prancing around the ring. <laughs> then he's prancing around the ring apron. Then he's milking this. I, I did enjoy like, the
1: wrestling trope of a mask covering up your mask. It's like, he took off his mask and it's another mask.
0: <laughs> and it's like, buddy, you're Teton. 20% of the people in that building are going to recognize you. Or recognize your mask when you take off that top mask. And he played this up for uh, this was just excruciatingly long. Like I understand and then they had to do like the votes to, uh, you know, then he invites himself into the group. So then they have to decide whether they want to let him in the group. And then they do and then they do the fucking fisting. I just, this just took way too long. I mean, this could have been trimmed uh, by two thirds the time it took for Teton to take off that dopey mask. But uh, we've got ourselves a new member of uh, Lij. Yes, we do. Teton. Uh,
1: you know what? So we've been
0: I... asking for a Teton push. Oh,
1: prepare. absolutely! Yeah, for like seven years, we've been saying push this guy. He comes in for and for Fantastica manias, and and always does well. So
0: Super Juniors. Yeah, I do
1: think this also means the relationship with uh, CML is, is is probably at least you know either back on or or, or healthy, which is good because it felt like untenable at a certain point and, and let's be honest as much as like people you know meme like AAA, it'd be a fucking disaster if it's AAA, a it's much better to be CMLL but yeah yeah because they have actual good wrestlers and not just memes so
0: well AAA has some good wrestlers but they just, they it's, just it's, it's yeah booked it's, like game changer wrestling yeah it's a
1: meme shit. promotion yeah they have great wrestlers in yeah. a meme promotion so it sucks yeah uh, United Empire. We'll talk about them later. Get excited. Get into it. Uh, United Empire. Okan and Jeff Cobb versus uh, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. I liked it. It was ten minutes. Of guys just beating the hell out of each other. This rock. Yeah, it's rock. That's good. I it's love good Okan match. and Cobb. That's a great team with Gideon on the side. The yeah. the investor. Oh, it's good stuff. Yeah, the, the United mid-card. Empire. What the whole vibe of them is awesome right now.
0: Yeah, it was a good. Good mid card match. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Between uh, two two regular tag teams just mixing it up. Yeah, exactly. You know
1: just a just a tag team match, and in ten minutes, Great and Jeff Cobb just beat him, and that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, and then quickly, the other ones: Hikaleo, uh, Ristanahashi, Taguchi defeated uh, the House of Torture, Evil Show, and Yujiro, I have zero thoughts. I cannot imagine. Well, that, well,
0: again, that that sets up a title match because they were they beat the champs. Right, so. right, right. And I'm sure that's happening. I haven't looked at the cards on the tour. Um, bad job.
1: at Yeah, probably one of the Battle Autumns. Yeah, I haven't looked at all of them either. I, I just have the,
0: uh, the probably happening on there. one of those shows.
1: Uh, Dangerous Steckers Taichi, and, and Zack Sabre Jr. Defeated uh, Bad Dude, Tito, and Shane Haste. And then David Finley, Ren Narita, Robbie Eagles defeat Dookie, El Desperado, Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Joe, I am buying Ren Narita stock. The son of strong style. He's got facial hair. He's got muscle definition. I'm into Ren Narita. I did not think Ren was going to... And I don't, I'm, I'm not saying this guy's going to main event a Wrestle Kingdom, but I think they might have something with this guy.
0: Yeah, he's got potential. And, it, and they're, got they, they're trying to the recreate the Shibata energy and they're not even being subtle about it. And that's fine. And we'll see what happens, but a uh, very talented guy and, and really rough excursion in the middle of the fucking pandemic. I mean, just, you know, everyone who was on excursion during this pandemic, you know, really got fucked in a lot of ways. And, uh, he was one of them, but you know, he's back. He's the, one of the first guys to come back. And, um, you know they're doing kind of a mini Shibata thing, which makes you know some of the other matches they've done you know make a lot of sense. And yeah, he looks good.
1: And uh, that was uh, New Japan Declaration of Power. They and did David, have a-
0: David Finley right back to curtain jerk. Yeah, right kind
1: of. I was like, I did have a note about that. It was kind of funny that it's like after that big moment where everyone's like, "All right, this is the time," and he's just like, "All right, here's David Finley," and he doesn't even t- doesn't even make the fall. It's just yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. he he maybe should call. Unky Paul and see if there's such opportunity for him out there. Rock hard juice is, is whatever the next step is for juice. But yeah, Finley is, uh, that's not going anywhere with David Finley, I don't think. Which, is, I, I mean, I, there's potential there. The, yeah, it seems like... Yeah, well, whatever. Ah, he's
0: a he's a guy. He's oh, just a guy. He's, yeah, he's just, he's just a guy. A guy. For sure.
1: uh, they did announce a brand new title at Declaration of Power. The New Japan World Television Championship, is the quote from New Japan's website, uh, says the New Japan World Television Championship will represent a bright future in New Japan. Every title match will be contested with a 15-minute time limit, encouraging a rapid style in the ring. Obari suggested that he would also like to see younger wrestlers on the roster compete for the title with the first contenders for the new title dueling it out in a tournament to start at Battle Autumn. And now, Jay Michael, who does uh, great reviews for uh, us at voicesofwrestling.com uh, related to New Japan.
0: S- sickeningly great writer. Adam. Great, Yeah,
1: annoyingly great. It's like, shut up. Yeah, okay. You're good at writing and you you have good narrative and you can write what? Well- yeah, all right. All right. We fucking get F. Scott, it.
0: Fucking F. Scott Fitzgerald over here. <laughs> we get he it. You're good at game.
1: writing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You write well while the rest of us just say, this guy stinks, that guy sucks. It's like yeah. he's weaving a story and doing great narratives and digging deep into wrestler history. Yeah, it's just uh Him and Neil David, they can go both go to hell, so they're good yeah, writing. Really and really now gross. now Neil does good audio on the Eurographs Express. It's like, all right, dude, we get it. Yeah. You're smart uh, and you're talented. All right, all right.
0: Put your dick away, William Faulkner. We get it. You know <laughs> right. how to write. Okay? It. Just, jeez.
1: But uh, Jay Michael points out here, the inaugural 16-man tournament, the one that, quote, Obari says, quote, he would like to see younger wrestlers on the roster compete. Uh, wrestlers under 35, 5 out of 16, under the age 35. Wrestlers exactly 35, 3. And wrestlers that are over 40 years old, 8.
0: Yeah, I mean...
1: It's just like Yano and Foley. It's just the guys on the roster. It's like, all right.
0: Everyone thinks Narita's gonna win, and I, I, I you know, I understand why. You know, um, we'll see. I'll give this thing a chance. They say they're gonna defend it on smaller shows that normally don't get important matches. You know, those shows in the smaller villages that get a bunch of eight man tags, um, and all the matches will be aired free on New Japan World every title match for this title and they're going to be 15 minute sprints. So, it's an interesting concept. We'll see if it holds the attention of the bookers because a lot of times it just something'll start off with an idea but then they just they they lose interest in it and it just becomes another belt on the show. That's always a danger. We'll see. Um I don't know. I'll give it a chance. They're kind of copying the stardom thing, right? And that's kind of the idea here. I I will say that the suits, the upper management in New Japan, and I've talked about this on the show before. You know, they want the company to get younger and to push younger, uh, good-looking guys, and and that and and to speed up the trainee uh, time. You know, cut down on the excursions, get guys in and out of the dojo and into the ring. Enough with this taking three, four years to get guys going from young lion to to, to getting pushed. Shit, it's like
1: fucking long. It feels like it's longer than that for a lot of these recent guys, and especially when they're when they're coming up and they're bringing them up in in their mid twenties or mid to late twenties or whatever. Like we we always bring up Show and yo, like those guys were ready to they were quote unquote ready to go and they were already in their early thirties, and it was like, well, that's way too long. Like you've you've missed you know ten years of the potential peak there.
0: And yeah, and and what they're doing is they're looking at stardom and seeing teenagers become stars and they're like well why can't we do that on the new japan side and it's just a massive departure from the way new japan has always done things and the way that yuji nagata wants to do things and the way that you know some of the older uh guys there learn you know they learn their way and that's the right way to do it And they want to keep doing it their way but the office wants faster results you know this is corporate this is corporate shit getting in the way of you know the traditional ways that things have been done and this is another move in that direction yeah so Um, you know, we'll see if they lose interest in it or if, if it, if it, you know, keeps being a thing, uh, long-term or if, if there's sort of a soft rejection of it, you know, from Gato and the people who pull the strings, uh, based on sort of this push and pull they're having with the office. So that that's what this is a reaction to though.
1: But then they booked the tournament. It's all just old guys. So.
0: Well, we'll see who wins it.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Yeah,
0: if 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 it's a
1: good opportunity for Ren to do it, and I love the idea of the 15 minute time limit. I think that's something that's really missing from New Japan uh, these days. It's just quick matches. You know, matches where it feels like the the, the bell rings because I, you know, I talked about it with Scott where, where I watched the Stardom, uh, the tournament final, and there was a lot of matches on the show, and that you know, but. Every match was the bell rang and they just ran at each other because they wanted to win as quick as possible. And, and the, the idea is we're trying to win these wrestling matches and it feels like a lot of modern New Japan matches are just the bell rings and it's like there's just no sense of urgency. We talked about the main event there was just no urgency in Jay White and Tama Tonga to get this match to win this match to do. It's just going on and on and on and on and on. I, I love the idea of making these things 15 minutes. I mean, fuck, even Shingo and El Phantasma went 16 minutes. It's like, that doesn't need to go 16 minutes in a Who's Your Daddy match. Just, you know, we're good. We just, just do your do the story. But I love the idea of 15 minutes. That, that, that sounds really cool to me. So we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, uh, real quickly, Battle Autumn, the major show uh, for the tour, I take taking place November 5th, and the real reason I wanted to talk about this uh, is not because there's going to be Master Wato and Taiji Shimori versus El Sparato and Romo Takahashi, a little preview of Wrestle Kingdom. No, it's not because there's two matches in the New Japan World TV Championship tournament. It's not because Aussie Open are in action, even though they are in action. And it's not even because Will Osprey and Tetsuya Naito are going to have an IWGP US high, uh, heavyweight title match. It's because we're going to get one of, the weir- one of the great wrestling oddities, things that we love about wrestling, because machine gun Carl Anderson is gonna defend the never open away title against Hikuleo, but machine gun Carl Anderson has redebuted in WWE. So what's well, gonna happen? We got some we got some weirdness going on here. What's happening?
0: This answers the question of why his effort levels were so low against Tanahashi. You know, we talked about that when we reviewed that show where he seemed to be really excited and jacked up about being back in New Japan. And then he had this really weird, shitty match against Hiroshi Tanahashi. And it was, you know, C-minus effort Carl Anderson, you know, that you would typically see an impact. Um, And now I think it's become clear what was going on there. So, um, unfortunately, we're not going to get resolution to the Doc Gallows Toru Yano feud, Rich. I know you were. Um, Damn it. You know, but I don't know who knows i I haven't really asked around on this or anything. Maybe I should to kinda to see what's going on with this uh maybe they surprise and he wins this match and he doesn't lose it to Hikuleo. I don't know is it too soon to put a title on Hikuleo? Is he ready for that? I guess think a swim is. I mean, it is know. yeah
1: i i almost my idea would be that now that you have this new title. I would have just let this title kind of float into the distance and just kind of say, "All right, well, Carl Anderson cannot defend it, and we're we're putting it on ice." Or I don't think you need the never open my title anymore. I I don't know that it really presents that much importance to this company anymore. Yeah, um, it just feels like another title, and this this company has a lot of titles right now. I don't know that they. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I would just kind of let it go but now I'm just kind of curious what you're going to get here. Is Carl going to go in and work a minute and roll out? Are we going to get like Mike Austin with judge Jeff Jones? You know, he loses in a minute, ro- walks out through yeah. the crowd type stuff. Like I, I live for this sort of stuff. We talk about this all the time. One of my favorite things in wrestling is like these weird oddity things where guys have to go in and drop titles or go in and finish out their, you know, their, their obligations, even though, you know, they've already signed with another company or what it's, you know what I mean? Like I love this stuff. So I'm fascinated to see what Carl Anderson looks like in this match, but, um, uh, can, one thing though, can we please? I'm begging people. Can we please? New Japan World retweets Carl Anderson appearing in WWE, and now we have whoa! New Japan and WWE are working together. Can we? Can we please stop? Yeah, yeah. Well, we just did this with the Impact thing. Mickey James yeah. appeared on WWE, and they said, "Oh, Impact," and people went, "Whoa! Now we're gonna get Moose versus Roman Reigns, and we're gonna get nothing ever happened." Right. They just retweeted it.
0: Calm down. It's just New Japan. Yeah. I mean, there's and, and which New Japan account actually retweeted it. New I
1: think Japan it was like, world, the New Japan world yeah,
0: account. And like the new Japan, 1972 fucking account, new Japan world retweeted it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's probably Chris Charlton, you know, he's just, you know, an opportunity to, 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 to show one of their guys in, in another company. It doesn't it necessarily mean anything whatsoever, but look, fans are going to be fans and they're going to have fun. Right, so
1: just be smart uh, about it. Just think for a second, because then it's like because then people ask us to. What do you think about this new Japan WWE relationship? Like, Nothing. I don't think anything of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, that might not be Charlton. I'm sure he'll let us know now. Yeah, oh, he, he, he will. He will. Sure. behind. Yeah, account I, account. I don't know
1: who is behind that account, but yeah,
0: may, maybe retweet- that That's not an English language account.
1: So. uh no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It is. But yeah, j- let's let's calm down. Let's not just assume now because of that that you know. Obari and Gato are sitting in the room with, with Paul Levesque going, yeah, 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 all right. So we're gonna do Will Osprey versus <laughs> Seth Rollins. We're gonna like get out of here. It, it's Anderson's gonna do his contractual obligation, lose this match, and be out of the door. It, it's fine, you know.
0: More than likely, that's how it's gonna play out.
1: Yeah, he'll show. I don't up, know. He'll did do they a-
0: sign with? Did they sign with WWE? Uh, that's I a, don't a great know question. I don't know if they
1: ever. Uh, I don't know if they officially ever uh, ever signed. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I mean, we don't know much about. I'll be honest, I didn't do any homework on this. Um, you know, me, I can look into it. I mean, I, I don't know, I, I don't, I see it as the way you see it. No, I mean, with nothing really to read into, other than he's probably just finishing up. Yeah,
1: we'll see if they start booking a uh, Forbidden Door New Japan WWE thing. Then, then I will admit I was wrong, but I do not think. I'm be wrong in this case. All right, let's uh, get to the last of the fake triple manias. As I said, the most real of the fake triple manias. Uh, they're still, they're, they're doing. So this year, if you don't know, they did a number of triple manias, which kind of takes away from the name of triple mania. This one, as Cubs fan wrote in his preview, that's up at voices is the most real of the fake triple manias that, that this, this is looks on paper, like the best card it's in Mexico city. It's essentially the quote unquote real triple mania, but, the year's been filled with Triple Mania,
0: so it's hard to get too excited. About well, that, so. we got a mask match, a hair match, and a match of the year contender.
1: Yeah, right. So it's a good show. It's a really. It looks like on paper, like it's going to be a hell of a show. Uh, uh, I think fan did a fantastic. If you are not aware of what's going on in AAA, you don't follow it. The reason we're so down on it a lot of times, and we joke about it, and we call it a meme promotion, is just just read that. That's a guy who watches all of this stuff, that follows all this stuff, and he will just. He he lays it out. It's a fucking disaster. Like the end results are kind of okay, and there's some fun matches that get booked, but the way that they get booked and the stories that happen in between and the things that they drop and then do and then don't do and then it's a fucking mess. It's an absolute mess. They but you put it perfectly. They book like game changer wrestling. They just that things just happen. Sometimes things happen, then they don't, and then they do, and then matches happen. And sometimes sometimes magic does happen. And then they're it's a great match. They great like you said. They they they've kind of lucked into, backed into. Uh pretty important hair versus hair, a pretty important mask versus mask, and and what has all the abilities to be a match of the year contender. So you know, in the end, it's 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 pretty good. But yeah, the way they got to a lot of this stuff is just a fucking mess because that's that's AAA, and it's it's been a mess since what 1994, <laughs> 1992, whenever they started, and, and uh, they're not about to change. They're not going to change for anybody. This is this is what they've been from day one. So
0: I I, I feel like. I mean, no, but in recent years, it's been, you know, just... Oh, it's a, it's off the rails, yeah, it's just... But, um, you know, like, they, they just... They have to do these four-way and three... Like, four-way and three-way the tags with a million Royal. people yeah. in the match. I, I, I just know I'm going to watch this show and just be so burnt out on bodies flying around by the end. You know what I mean? Like, just a million people in the ring, and it's just overload. It's too much. But, um, you know, the back end of the, the card... You know, with Chessman and Pagano hair versus hair. Look, I'm not sitting here going to tell you that's going to be. You know that that could be a really good match. It it could. You know, a, a, a bloody nasty.
1: Yeah. Oh no no no! I'm into that. It's going to be two dudes just beating the hell out of each other, blood all over the place. And or it could guy's... be
0: terrible. You know? Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's very fine. That's that's triple. That's the AAA experience.
0: But someone's losing their hair, and then you know, Vikingo versus Ray Phoenix is a legitimate on paper could be a match into a year contender. And then you get a mask match with Viano 4 and Pentagon Jr. And I think we kind of pegged this. Did we pick Viano 4 to ultimately lose all this shit? I think we did.
1: Um, He was one Um, that we put as a pretty high contest. I don't know if he was our main guy. Let me go back and look at that list. Just take credit
0: for it. Yes,
1: we said Viano 4 from the beginning, you dummies.
0: I'd be very surprised if Pentagon Junior loses his
1: mask. In this <laughs> yeah, spot, I don't think I don't I, think he's losing his mask. Yeah, Cubs fan had to stop himself, you know, in the preview talking about the history of the Vianos and Viano losing his mask. Going, well, I mean, I guess Pentagon could lose his mask, but it's like nobody. Yeah. I mean, nobody is 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 that'd be the upset of all upsets is is fucking Pentagon Junior showing up in AEW without a mask, you know, out of nowhere. So, yeah. And I, then I,
0: the rest of the card will be what it is, you know. I, I, Taya Valkyrie stinks, but you know they're bringing Camille in. Good for I love, Camille I, 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 Camille's
1: good I like Camille I uh, Camille.
0: I'm done even pretending Taya Valkyrie's oh, Passable for so bad So bad She's awful You know and then there's the two You know the three way Trios match And the four way Tag title match Yeah
1: and then the fucking Battle Royale with the Five four three two one
0: Yeah
1: as you go, God, God damn it! And there's also a Marvel match, even though Marvel apparently isn't involved anymore. But Triple H oh, just decided there. It's perfect. You got to read the preview. Got to read the preview. Lucha blog is on the ground. He's 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 following this stuff like crazy. Um voice Uh Just look up TripleMania uh, preview if you want from uh, from blog Well, I'm looking at this so. and
0: and I don't see Dave the Clown's name anywhere on this card. Oh, damn it! You're right. Maybe he's the mystery man in that battle world gimmick
1: <laughs> i do like that there's a is there a there's a jesse ventura but it's not it's not that jesse Ventura.
0: jesse ventura making his return that's jesse? Right. T- jesse is tito santana gonna be there too i don't think the uh the tito santana's in the match now uh, flip gordon's in the match yeah, so.
1: flip, <laughs> yeah flip getting a book that's good for him yeah this, uh, is this the new or the old sexy star? Cuz there's like a a no, new sexy a star non, that people don't yeah. hate. <laughs> this,
0: this, this is the non-problematic sexy star. Got story. it. Okay. Just wanted yeah, to clarify. Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, don't send your angry tweets to AAA cuz
1: <laughs> this is the new sexy star. <laughs> well, no, that, for now people like um
0: yeah. Um yeah, so it should, you know, it's it's I'm tempering I'm my. I'm watching expectations. the last three matches and not watching
1: any of this other stuff. Let me be honest. I'm watching first the last half three. The show. I'm not watching the other shit. I'm skipping the first half. I
0: mean, of I'm going to watch it, obviously, but I, I I, do think the back end can be very, very good. But you always have to hold A at arm's length. You do. You do. Yeah. Um,
1: all right. Let's get to the final part of this show here quickly. I uh, did a little bounce around, not a, not a full on bounce around the Indies, but a little bit of a, a stroll along the Indies. Uh, I watched West coast pros ride the lightning show. Did you see anything from the show, Joe? No, no. Okay. Well, I will go real quickly. Uh, my thoughts. Cause West coast pro is, is one of the Indies that I now, every time there's a new show, I, I watch it. Cause I love it. Uh, I think it's one of the best Indies going right now. If not the best indie going right now, uh, they're just no bullshit. I think they book good wrestlers. They book good matches. Uh, this show wasn't spectacular. There was, you know, I'd say the main event was probably my favorite match. But there's a, there's another match that kind of stood out to me uh, in it as well. But uh, they just, I, I don't know. It's just an easy watch. It's like two and a half hours. It's it's guys get in the ring, women get in the ring, and they fight each other. And, and they have good-ish matches. And then it's over. And, and yeah, it's just fun. That it's just no bullshit, no memes, none of that stuff. It's just good wrestling. And I think they have a good presentation. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of West Coast Pro, and this Ride the Lightning show was uh, was solid as hell. Uh, main event, which is really the most important part to talk about here, uh, Titus Alexander defeating Jacob Fatu to win the West Coast Pro uh, heavyweight title. Uh, a really, really good match. Titus Alexander, we talked about a, probably about a year or so ago, that if you're not watching this guy, if you don't know this name, get to know the name now, because this guy's going to be a big, big-time star. Uh, and West Coast Pro has been kind of, you know, very, very slowly working him up. Uh, he wins their tournament, gets this title shot against Jacob Fatu, goes out there, busts his ass, has a great match with Fatu, uh, and now he's the new champion. He's the top guy in the company, and 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 I think sky's the limit for this guy. Uh, another tremendous performance by him. So if you get a chance uh, to watch anything from the show, uh, definitely Titus Alexander, Jacob Fatu, title switch, uh, and a really, really good match to boot. So, yeah, really good stuff, and Titus is an absolute star. Just a presence. Just has it. From, from the moment he comes to the curtain till the moment the match is over, he's just got it. Whatever that it factor is, he's got it. And uh, it he'll be awesome.
0: everywhere soon enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You'll know uh, the name soon. So you'll remember where you it first, though. Remember, remember. We'll Eventually
0: be on TV someday. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's everyone listening will know him eventually. He's yeah. he's the real deal.
1: Uh, there was also Brian Keith versus Ben K, which was good, not great. Uh, I kind of went in with very high expectations of this, considering I love Ryan Keith, and I, and I obviously love Ben K. from Dragon Gate. Uh, ended up being okay. Uh, not not great, but uh, pr- pretty solid. Just two hard, just dudes kind of hitting each other pretty hard for a while, so that was fun. Uh, Vinny Massaro versus Eric Stevens was... So the,
0: was, the Dragon Gate guys are losing everywhere. They're losing everywhere, yes. Well, I see people losing their minds, but here's the thing. If the Dragon Gate office doesn't care, they're going to lose, because why would you you're going to beat them with your guys
1: right you don't want those guys to, if 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 you book those guys and Dragon Gate says hey you need to have my guys beat your guys then okay then you say all right well i'm not gonna yeah. have ben k face a guy that i want to push then because nobody what, what what benefit is it to book ben k this is old school booking. and this is how booking should be this is how you should book yeah. people we always laugh at gcw for like booking these guys and then they always just beat the gcw guys but this is how you should do it if 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 Dragon Gate says, hey, we don't care, and the guy says, yeah, I don't care, then yeah, you book him against one of your big guys, they have a good match, and then he beats the guy. Yeah. You know, Brian Keith beats Ben K, and then they go, okay, cool, well, here's Ben K, and he had a good match, and he's from Dragon Gate, and he lost to Brian Keith, so there you go. and and
0: Dragon Gate is probably being pragmatic in that they're like, look, no one here is going to give a fuck that Ben K lost to Brian Keith on an indie show in front of 300 people in America uh, when when Ben K comes back. It's either that, or the Dragon Gate office is in such disarray with shitty people running it these days that they, they don't have any quality control. Those are two drastically different things, but it's one or the other. Um, and I wouldn't put either as more likely than the other. It could be either or really. I mean, we know that when Pac was their Dreamgate champion, he wouldn't do jobs anywhere, right. but he was the champion. So that's a little different, um, different people running the show in those days as well. Um, you know, it's, uh, I don't want to get in a whole, I'm down on the Dragon Gate office. I'm down on that whole situation. People get mad at me when I talk about it. Um, I don't know. So I don't know. Let's just move on.
1: Yeah. Um, and then, uh, otherwise, uh, real quickly, the other parts of the card, Vinny Massaro defeating Eric Stevens. Good little veteran match, uh, there, uh, no disqualification falls kind of anywhere. Starboard Charlie defeats Alan angels. Alan angels now kind of a, a hated heel, kind of a, a an asshole heel, uh, here, and then, uh, otherwise, there's just a bunch of other undercard matches. Uh, I think the the other name that stood out to me uh, on this show that I wanted to talk about a little bit because I watched this and I was just like, "Holy shit!" Uh, Queen Amanada. Have you ever seen Queen Amanada before? Once or twice. I think she's got like I. Th- when you see someone like that, who and she's not fully refined. She's not all the way there. She still has probably a long way to go to becoming a, like a great worker. But you always talk about it with Rachel Rose in, in Texas how. She walks through the curtain and she just owns the room. She's got presence. She feels like a star. She looks like a star. She carries herself like a star. That's what I got from Queen Aminata. And I was just like, what? This woman is on the American Indies and I have to watch fucking Shazza McKenzie and, 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 and Alley Cat and all this stuff. And there's that this woman that's on the Indies that's available to book and and, and do stuff with. I know she's done dark matches before, uh, AEW Dark and stuff just someone that has the look and you could tell the work is getting there. It's not quite there, but yeah, in terms of like presence and owning a room and looking like a star book, more queen Aminata's and a lot less of those other women that I just mentioned, please. I'm begging the American indies. Come on.
0: I genuinely don't know why or how Shazam McKenzie ever gets booked. I think she's legitimately one of the worst pro wrestlers I've ever seen in my life.
1: And I just can't believe that I I have to watch. I mean, and and there's a lot of these companies that I got to, and it's like, you have women like this, it makes me, it's like these women do exist. There are good independent wrestlers, or there are at least independent wrestling wrestlers, especially independent women talent, that have a ton of potential, that can become these people. Why are you booking this? We know what they are. We know that these other people stink and they're no good and they can't work. And then you see this woman and you're like, yeah, here you go. This is, and again, she's not great. She's not a, a, a fully refined worker at this point, but God damn, it's way better than someone that I know is not going to ever be good <laughs> that I, that has a horrific look. You know what I mean? Like it's just, I, I, I saw her and I was just like, what the fuck? Why do I have to watch all these other Women on these indies, they're just no good And when this woman is there, and how many other ones are like that How many other Queen Amanadas are out there that, that are also really good, or have good looks or, or have that potential, that are just not getting booked On these shows, because they're not these names That are, people get along with on Twitter It's just, it, it, it's it's Yeah, whatever
0: You can't convince me that if you put Shaza McKenzie on your card You're gonna sell a shitload of tickets Maybe I'm wrong about that, maybe she's some kind of... So what's the point, she just makes your show worse Because she's fucking Terrible and she gets booked everywhere. I don't understand. Is it just a handshake know. club at this point? Like what? What is? I don't know. I
1: don't know. know. It's just yeah. But uh, that, that, she had a great show, a great match here, or a, a fun match here. Uh, fifteen minutes. They let her work for a while too. It was with uh, uh, Mio uh, Momona, I believe is how you pronounce that. I, I might be getting that wrong, uh, Joshi wrestler. But uh, they had a really fun match, really fun fifteen minute match. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was just like seeing her, and it was just like, oh well, t- t- shit. There's somebody with potential. That's somebody, you you, you know, you, you remember the name as well. Similar to Titus Alexander. She's somebody that I think uh, in a couple of years we're, we're probably going to know the name uh, because just just owns the room when she goes in. So uh, that's that. That was West Coast Pro's Ride the Lightning. It's available on Independent Wrestling TV. So if you're a subscriber, you can watch it. And, uh, yeah, definitely watch the Titus Alexander-Jacob-Fought-Two match if you get a chance. But then uh, real quickly, uh, AAW uh, in uh, Chicago uh, has a two-night event uh, this weekend, a tournament, the Jim Lina Memorial Tournament. I am going to be there for tomorrow's show. Uh, Saturday is TBD. Most likely just going to do the Friday show, but we'll see what ends up happening, uh, depending on plans. Uh, no brackets, but we do have first-round matchups, so here is who is participating. You have Mike Bennett versus Davey Vega. Silas Young versus Narles Garvin. Manders versus Josh Alexander. Rich Swan versus Ace Austin. Yamato from Dragon Gate versus Zachary Wentz. That's honestly the real reason I'm going here is because... Yamato's wrestling, you know, not far from me. I, you know, maybe my last opportunity to see Yamato wrestle live. So I uh, got to do that. Chef versus Davey Richards. Uh, Masha Slamovich versus Dante Leone, And I also believe uh. Trey Miguel uh, has been added to this match too. So uh, you get your, <laughs> look, you get your, I love that Masha is, like, the go-to for, all right, we have a tournament. Ah, we need a woman. Masha, get in here. You know what I mean? So, uh, but then, like, you had Trey probably booked anyways, but now you're doing a three-way with Masha, Dante Leone, and Trey Miguel uh, in a first-round tournament matchup. Don't ask me. I'm not booking it. Uh, and then Fred Yehi versus Calvin Tankman, which I'm very excited to watch that match. Why well, do we
0: so. have to shoehorn a woman into
1: it? <laughs> it's always Sasha. It's Masha. It's always Masha. But
0: why? Like, like, why can't? You just put Masha Slamovich in a championship match against uh, Christy Janes. That's the champion, right? Uh,
1: I, I believe she is still the champion, yes.
0: Why can't you just do that? Why Why are, are these promotions just deathly afraid of people tweeting at them or something? I, so. I don't understand why. Why don't you just do Dante Leon versus, who would you say, Trey uh, Miguel? Trey Miguel, Trey Miguel, yeah. And it's a three-way, which makes it even more obvious that it's just a shoehorn situation. Just do Dante Leon versus Trey Miguel and put Masha Slamovich in a championship match with your champion. Or do a woman's tournament. Why do we have to put like a token woman in these tournaments? It just drives me nuts. I don't like it. I can't stand it's it. It's always
1: one, too, which is the funny. It's always one. Yeah,
0: it's... it's the worst. It's it's awful. It, it makes me less interested. It just does. I've been canceled a million times. Cancel me again. It makes <laughs> me less interested. It stinks. I hate it. But there anyway.
1: you go. That is uh, that, that's the tournament. So like I said, I'll be there for, uh, tomorrow. Uh, watching the show, but mo- mostly interested in seeing Yamato uh, live. So we'll see if he ends up winning this one, moves on in the tournament, or uh, uh that's it for him. But yeah, there's some there's some stuff I, I like there. There's uh, Fred Yehai, Calvin Tankman. I'm interested in those. I haven't seen Davey Richards live in a while, so that'll be fun to check him out again. Uh, Rich Swan's always fun. Josh Alexander's one of the best going uh, in the world today. So uh, there's some interesting stuff there. I mean, there's been better, obviously much better uh, tournament lineups, but uh, pretty solid all things considered with the the current state of the Indies. So that's it that.
0: Brought up Rachel Rose. Um Inspire booked her with Jungle Kiona for November third, so uh, that's a good match to put her in there with. That
1: is good, yeah, yeah. And she's somebody again. We, we God, first time we talked about her was shit. I don't know, two years ago, Are a Rachel year, Rose? yeah, had to be a little over
0: a year ago at the from the I saw her at the Texas Indie Showcase live.
1: Oh, that's right, and yeah, she, and that's that's another name too that I I think is going to you'll see her soon and somewhere.
0: Yeah, she had done some uh, darks for AEW and then I saw her live and she really just she made the biggest impression on me of anybody on that show. And that was, you know, promotions from across the state of Texas sending their best. So um that'll be good that's good that they gave her that match against uh, against Jungle Kiona here. And you know, I, I reported this behind the paywall probably about a month ago, but these promoters were told specifically, Jungle Kiona works women only no intergender
1: interesting okay
0: so um you know that's my. i had that behind the paywall but i don't know how many people who are listening might not have seen that but that those are were specific instructions from her handlers or her team or maybe just from her i think the exact verbiage was uh no no intergender tournament or whatever the japanese translation comes out to be uh you know female only so um, she wasn't coming over here to work this fucking intergender bullshit. And and if there's some, there's a lot of promoters you see who are like, ah, oh, we're putting her in there with our with our best. Way-. Yeah, only because you've been told. You know what I mean? Like I know Inspire's not doing that, but there's some of these promoters who are, you know, they're they're slick like that. You know, they 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 can't book her against men, so then they go out there and puff their chest and tell you. Ah, yeah, we got Jungle Kiyono coming in, so we're putting it in there against our bet. Yeah, if it were up to you, you'd have her <laughs> in there against it, yeah. you know whoever, to, you know Jordan Oliver or something. Let's be honest. Um. Anyway, uh, the I think, I know we got to wrap it up. Did they put out the uh, PWG lineup? I believe
1: here? it is out. Yeah, one sec. Let me uh, let me get it for you, uh, so I can list off a bunch of matches that I will never watch ever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, let's talk us. about this PWG show we're, we're not going to watch in
1: like yeah. seven years. We always do these shows. I go, "Whoa, that's a good card." Never going to watch it. I promise no, I'm you, gonna I'm never no going to watch any of these no. matches from Dink. I'm not going to watch I'm not going to watch Dink because it's on November six. The fucking video, the DVD is going to come out in March. It's going to feel like it was seven years ago. I'm not buying the DVD. Maybe it's up on Extreme Wrestling Tours. I'm not going to download it. I'm never going to watch any of these matches. But. Dink taking place Sunday, November 6th. PWG, Titus Alexander faces Ray Horos. There we go. Titus Alexander, as we just mentioned, getting a big spot here. Shane Haste faces Davey Richards. The Dark Order make their PWG return as they face the Rascals, Trey Miguel and Myron Reed. Jordan Grace makes her PWG debut when she faces Masha Slamovich. At okay. Davey. No intergender. Great. Two women. Great and that's that just sounds like a badass match that everybody should book all the time but they too busy booking them and other stuff uh but that sounds great two women that just kick each other's asses that sounds awesome so commander and latigo will be making their PWG debuts and the match is going to be aramis bandito and commander versus latigo laredo kid and black taurus okay maybe i'll watch that match yeah
0: that that'll be you know commander will that'll be a that's a potential. I mean, I know a lot of people know about Commander, but but working PWG in a match like that, that's a potential breakout spot.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, also on Dink, PWG's Dink is uh, not not named after Dink, named after a fan. Not not Dink the Clown, if you're wondering. Uh, Leo Rush makes his return to PWG after his ninth retirement, uh, and he takes on Speedball Mike Bailey, November sixth at Dink. You also have Jonathan Gresham facing Daniel Garcia for the PwG world title. Okay. Yeah, pretty good.
0: It's like a decent show I'll never watch.
1: Uh yes. <laughs> as usual. Sounds good. Looks cool. Never watch it. Yeah. Uh the Swink. You know how the Swink likes to correct you, Joe. Oh in God. the note of the chat room. Sir, you are wrong because Jungle Kiona faced Eric Stevens at Black Label Pro's Turbo Graps 24 Part Two.
0: Okay, okay, great. They broke the rules. What do you want from me? <laughs> okay, I, I have spoken to the damn promoters. They've been given specific instructions to book her against women.
1: I will say it, otherwise. You, you look at her her run in America: Masha Slamovich, Janai Kai. Uh, Maya Yuki. I don't. This is from uh, Deadlock Pro, so I probably got the name wrong. I apologize. Sky Blue, uh, Sandra Moon, and then Sawyer Wreck as well. So otherwise, probably been... sent out
0: the reminder after uh, that dopey promotion broke the rules.
1: <laughs> right, I probably it? said, "Hey, by the way,
0: <laughs> who was it? AIW?"
1: Uh, no, 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 of course it is Black Label Pro.
0: Oh, Black Label as Pro, of you. course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy. He can't. He can't book his way out of you know whatever, whatever <laughs> cliche you want to use. I mean, that guy stinks. Of course he would book that match. Um, Yeah, I don't know. What do you want from me? I they the promoters told me. (laughs) Careful now, careful. It drives you nuts.
1: Anyway, I think that's it, right? We're done, right? You got nothing? I got nothing. I think we're done. Voice held up, voice held up. So hopefully tomorrow still holds up, and you'll be back to back to normal. But uh, anyway, that is it for us again. Uh, patreon.com slash voices wrestling, flagship patreon.com for all of our bonus content as well. Uh, voices of wrestling.com for previews and reviews of a lot of the major shows that we talked about uh, on this. Uh, make sure if you're listening to this, uh subscribe on your podcast app of choice of course uh, make sure you rate review us do all that other good stuff uh we we're number one in turkey we're number one in the Isle of man but we want to be number one everywhere so make sure you subscribe uh, to the flagship feed as well as the voice arresting podcast network feed. uh feed subscribe to both of those download all of them on both review everything on both subscribe on both do all that other good stuff we need all that stuff to, to help us out uh we're also on youtube as well we, we've been uh doing a lot more clips uh, of these shows as well up on, on youtube so uh uh, Voice of Wrestling on uh, YouTube. You can just search it on YouTube, For youtube.com slash voicesofwrestling. And uh, that is it for us. So for Joe, I am Rich, and we will talk to you next time. Hold on. Hold on. What?
0: Hold, hold on. No, hold on. I'm going to find this fucking message from this promoter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you will not let this go. All right.
0: There it is. Okay. I'm, I'm looking at it. It says, and I quote, Kiona should only be in matches with female players, end quote. Sent to a promoter.
1: Yeah, so Black Label fucked it up then.
0: When did she wrestle Eric Stevens? I'm like, what was that? That
1: was, let me get, that was Turbo Graps. Let me find out when Turbo Graps 24 was. That was on September 24th. Okay.
0: Now I'm annoyed. Question my credibility. You're
1: looking for a Wrap date. Wrap it here? up, Rich. Huh? Oh, I thought you were looking for a date or something. I thought there was a the reason you asked me when that matched. No, on.
0: no, no. It's for my purposes. Oh, okay. All right. Because all right. now I'm digging deep. <laughs> now you got to get to the yes. bottom of this. Yes, I am.
1: You guys now know Joe will be up all night now, <laughs> trying, ensuring that you know he is correct, that he was not wrong about this. So there you go. Uh, that is that. Anyway, that is it for us. That is Joe. I am Rich. This is the flagship podcast. We'll talk to you again next time. Take care.